you lot. You're listening to Garage Hammer, episode 70. On tonight's episode, the Monlings sit around and talk about all the stuff they're getting ready to do to go to Adepticon. Because cause there's nothing bigger than Adepticon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we go. Three more hours of, I'm going to lose. Don't say that to yourself. Ah, shut it. I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage U Tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours. Or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh at you along the way. Bringing you Warhammer talk chock full of high elves, adept distress, and form fun. I'm Chris U. And I'm Abraham Lincoln. Hey, Gettysburg. How you been? Fantastic. How about yourself? I'm surviving. Well, it's... Uh, it's June, uh, June, what the hell? It's April 11th. <laughs> April 11th. We are exactly one week from Adepticon. Yeah, Seven well, days from now. At least I will be sitting in my yeah, painting class. I'm eight days from now because I can't go till Friday, which sure. makes me sad because even though I have nothing scheduled for Thursday. Well, you want to be there. I just want to go and hang out. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, oh boy, yeah. Um, you feeling stress? A little. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't, I, we'll talk about it later. I just, I'm crazy when it comes to getting ready for tournaments, especially well, this Well, the machine one. Is, has been engaged. The machine right? has been engaged. Power the machine on. is feeling good. You know what? Are it's, you well-oiled? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. <laughs> the machine, uh, I mean? Yes. We're speaking strictly metaphorically. Yes. Right? No. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm tired. Um, you know, this whole hobbying a little bit every day that I've been doing uh-huh. since, since, you know, End of middle of January mm-hmm. has really gotten down to when I needed to sit down and like the last couple of days I've spent five or six hours painting like not Crank nonstop away. but really just sitting down and and pushing it and getting through the models and doing stuff yeah. and it's not nearly as hard or as daunting or because it's like it's it's like a, I guess it's like any other muscle I've been doing it for an hour or two every night and so when I have to go for five or six hours it doesn't feel. As much. It well, doesn't feel nearly as bad. If you chip away, you know, hour exactly. here, 20 minutes there, now yeah. that you're at this point, crunch time, it's well, not as much that you have At to do. this point, I have four models and about a half a dozen movement trays to do. And, is that it? Well, I mean, my display board is still that jank, ugly brown display board from Bits. Mm, the one okay. that Grant repainted for me. Yeah, well, but if it's repainted, it's, it's not jank Well, anymore. I mean, it looks better than before, but it's just brown with sand on it, like... Well, it's less jank. Yes, it's less. Is that a real term? I, I've never used that term, jank. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, it's about seven or eight years ago, one of my students said something was janky, and I just liked it, and it stuck. I use it all okay. the time. Well, it's so, uh, less jank. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's it it's better than not having a display board. Yes. So, and, better uh, than a tea tray, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to our no, European no, and UK Warhammer listeners. So. Uh, oh, you know what we should probably do is stop yammering about uh, us and, and thank We should a thank few our people. sponsors. Yes, we yes. should. Go for it. So let's take a moment to thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, Game Preserve Stores in West Lafayette, Indiana, Cool Mini or Not's Dark Age, Mirce Miniatures, Guildpainting.com, and Battle Foam, protecting your army. Very good. Thank you. So I didn't thanks. even try to stretch it out as long as humanly possible there, because I know sometimes you give me that look. No, you you stretch it out as long as you need to go. That's that's your th- that's your thing. And I got the stamina. Army, the army, I mean, <laughs> stretch that. Out. Like, oh my God. The wheels are coming off, folks. <laughs> Keep it together, white tech. Keep I'm it trying, together. I'm trying. I'm trying. This is Porkins. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, thank you to our sponsors. The show would not be possible without your generous support. That is true. That is true. And without the support of our listeners, dude, we've gotten a lot of really nice, generous, like just some donations lately, some shout outs. Nice. Um, I've got a shout out here and we had a couple other donations and I haven't gotten emails on shout outs from every email. Ed never. Ed email us. Ed never. Or voicemail. Voicemail. We'll, yeah, yeah, you know, but. So I have this one, but if anyone else who has sent us a donation in the past couple weeks wanted or felt that, hey, I was there was a shout-out, this was the only one I got, and so this is the one I'm reading out. But, you know, if, if, if anyone had one and they thought we missed it or something, please email me and say, like, hey, I was a shout-out because I did not get any other emails, even though we've gotten several very generous uh, donations. Give us recently. a shout-out about your shout-out. Which, which is why we're wearing these lovely new headphones. <laughs> Yes, Good. very very comfortable. All right, so let's get to our shout out. Um, okay, uh, this is from Steve Kazan, C A K H A Z O N. Am I pronouncing Kazan? Right? Yeah. I don't know Kazan. I'll say Kazan. This is from Steve Kazan, and the uh, he's been a long time Garage Hammer listener, but the only time I sent material support has been for Topher's Chaos Dwarf birthday extravaganza, mm. and thank you for that. That was. That was a hell of a thing. That was, uh, yeah. An that extravaganza. Was, it was. It was crazy. Uh, I missed the witty exchanges between you and Topher, but I have enjoyed listening to Chris as well. Chris was one of my favorite hosts, and if anyone replaced Thanks, Topher, Steve. I'm glad it's him. I, I hey. feel the same way. Well, just replace a Chris with another Chris. We're interchangeable. Well, yeah. You know, if you quit, I got to go make a new friend named Chris <laughs> <laughs> to find <laughs> someone else for the show. We're everywhere. Yes. Okay, let's see. Uh, I don't have a lot of money to throw around, but I wanted to send you a small token of appreciation to give a shout-out for some iOS game developers whose work I've really enjoyed. Ravenmark is a turn-based strategy game for the iPhone and iPad. It's developed by a team of three guys who liked Warhammer and wanted to create a tabletop war game of their own, but thought that miniatures was too expensive. In Ravenmark, you take on the role of a commander of a fictional world. What makes the game unique is that your elements can link up into formations that gain special bonuses but become less mobile and vulnerable on the flanks. You also get a limited number limited number of commands and messengers you can send out each turn of the battle. So to be successful in a larger pitched battle, you need to position your troops and align and assign standing orders. The game's very story driven. There's six campaigns with an unfolding story told through cutscenes di- and dialogue between characters. There's also a world map and detailed codex that includes stats and fictional background for each type of element, character, and nation. I'm usually a pretty cynical guy and don't like to advertise stuff, but Ravenmark is pretty special because it gives me the experience of playing a tabletop war game with a neat touchscreen interface without having to go anywhere or set up models. The developers have gone through some hard times on the App Store since war games are a pretty narrow audience, and many of the people who buy iOS games are interested in relatively uncomplicated games like Angry Birds. I want to give Raven Mark a shout out on Garage Hammer since it has the exact sort of audience that this game is for. Uh, I've included a few links and screenshots. I saw the screenshots and it does look cool. It reminds me of some of those like um, not Final Fantasy, but those sorts of games. You like, know, it reminds me of the original Warcraft or maybe Starcraft. The yeah, where the real time. Uh, yeah, you're moving around and then the orders pop up on the bottom yeah, of the screen yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and then the little cut screens are those little bottom of the screen mm-hmm. things where. Uh, let's see. The first game, Ravenmark Scourge of Estelian, is available in two apps. There's the full app with all six campaigns for $10 and an episodic app that contains the same six campaigns, but it's free so that you can try the first campaign without buying it. Uh, you can then buy the campaigns if you like the game. 
Uh, the second game, Raven Mark Mercenaries, is coming out this summer. In it, you take the role of a mercenary captain following the events of the first game. It'll be multiplayer-oriented. You'll receive recruit badges, take contracts from various story factions, fight other captains in multiplayer, and level up your troops. I'm currently a beta tester on the new game, and it's a heck of a lot of fun. So uh, you guys can check that out at ravenmark-saga.com. Um, so, like I said, I looked at the picks. I didn't get a chance to play it, but it does look pretty cool. Yeah, so. you know, it's uh, it looked like... A lot of investment has been made up, uh, not only in the technology, but in the art, and the overall user yeah. interface. I mean, and I was really impressed. I didn't know what to expect when I clicked on the link. Me neither. And the art, I, I was impressed by the art first and foremost. It yeah, really grabbed really my attention. Sets, the sets the tone. Did yeah. you take a look at the different armies that they had set up? No, I really only got to look at the screenshots. It really it had its own flavor. Like, they had um, rat men. You know, they, uh-huh. they didn't look like Skaven. They looked like almost like uh, like pygmies with really big pointy ears. Okay, and they and their monsters were uh, these giant toads. Oh, really? So, yeah, it was very interesting. Cool. A good a good mix. Uh, they had that. They had um, barbarians and, and kind of different flavors of kind of uh, standard fantasy fare, but uh, with an interesting interesting twist to it. So very take cool. a look. The site is very well done, and I was impressed. All right, oh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you liked it because he said I just saw that much. But so, uh, yeah, check it out. Ravenmark-saga.com. Um, okay, uh, really quick, I want to always plug our voicemail. We have voicemail. voicemail. What? <laughs> what? Isn't that like one seven five seven? GH Show 6. That's right, Chris. It's 1. 757-GH <laughs> Show 6. That's 1. GH Show 6. There it goes. Dig it do, y'all. Hey, Chris. What up, G? You know, we got this here voicemail. Shout it out, boy. That's right. You call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Uh-huh. Telling us what we need to know. Kicking that knowledge. Yeah. The K for the knowledge. That's right, people. Call the voicemail line. Coming at you from Round Lake, Illinois, boy. Let us know what you need to know, and you could be a part of the show. Pop me up. And one, two, three, four. Ain't nothing like a shout-out, baby. Playing Warhammer like we crazy. We love hearing from our fandom. That charge disc is going to be random. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking about. Some voicemail, baby. Uh, yeah. 757-GH-SHOW-6. Bring it to us. From the Round Lake IL 60073. Hey, what's up, Garage Hammer? This is Cardone from NYC giving you a ringer. Uh, just calling to say Happy New Year. Your show's awesome. I don't know how many years I've been listening to the show. I did three, four, I don't know. Uh, and I'm calling because I found something for the crazy Chaos Dwarf players. Um, Christopher got me into Chaos Wars way back in the day, and uh, I've been bugging out trying to find Hobgoblin minis, and I found the perfect solution. You get the new Goblin Warriors from The Hobbit, put them on square bases, make their skin a greenish tone, and putty on some hats, and you got Hobgoblins. I'll take pictures and show you. Um, yeah, I've been bugging out because I don't want to uh, convert too heavy, you know, cutting models and gluing, you know, too much money. Anywho... Don't want to ramble. Have a good show this week when the next one is. And uh, keep in touch here. Keep the show going. It's awesome. Later. 
Um, I don't know if we have any right now or not. I think I've played all the ones that we got that we were going to play. But if not, I'll play them. We got one from Conzi who just screamed and yelled and then cussed a whole lot. About what? Uh, he was drunk. <laughs> he started off yelling, "Let's go, days!" And then he said he was drunk, and then he said a couple of things that were for, that would normally hear on Point Hammered, and then he gave their usual sign off to me. It was like a ten second message of basically, "It's Wisco Dice," <laughs> and then profanity, profanity, profanity. Click. <laughs> well, you know what this means. What one of us has to get wasted and call their voicemails. It, it, that's only fair. <laughs> I did. I called the oh, Hastings last year at Pitts. Well, I wasn't wasted, but I I had been accused of stealing all his cigarettes, so I left him a profanity laden tirade, which nice. they played on the show. Set the record straight. Huh? There you went. Okay, uh, so you know what? Let's um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, um, before we get to our normal stuff, our normal bits, news and rumors, toolbox, all that, um, we have Brian Steele who's coming on. Ooh, nice. And uh, we want to get him on right away, but he's going to talk about some of the things going on at Cool Mini or not, and then some of the cool stuff Cool Mini is doing at Adepticon. Excellent. All right. We'll be right back. Hey Dave, I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer. Family games, war games? You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure. A uh, place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual games. You gems. mean unparalleled offerings and fun? Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles too. Particular presents and playtime? You're looking for unique gifts and games! Okay, but... Uh, Located in historic downtown Grays Lake, Illinois... UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who, all right, but things supernatural. I understand. It's all here. Okay, but with listen. frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere. Okay, stop by UGG or or, or visit them yeah. online at uniquegg.com. You could have just told me about unique gifts and games. Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents and happy fun time. All right, that's enough. Welcome back to the Garage Dude Schools. We are joined by gaming industry veteran and friend of the show, Mr. Brian Steele. Hey, Brian. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you guys? Good, good. I'm wonderful. I knew I'd be wonderful once we got you here on Skype. <laughs> joined by Skyla. <laughs> so, Best. Brian, um, okay, the weirdest thing for people to know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I get an email from, and it's... I don't know the person. I'm just going through the emails. I just thought it might have been a listener. And it's this guy. He's like, hi, I'm I'm with Cool Mini or not. And I found your podcast on some Florida you know, forum. Someone mentioned your podcast. And I know you guys are pretty much just a Games Workshop cast, but you might be interested in some of the things we're doing. And he goes <laughs> on and on telling me all about how cool Cool Mini or not is and the neat stuff they've got, if, if not just for alternate miniatures, but other things like that. And so I emailed him back. I'm like, yeah, we actually have a whole like subsection of the show dedicated to other games, and 
we've had Brian Steele on a bunch of times. He's a good friend of ours. And he was like, oh, Brian, yeah, he's great. So um, I just said, well, why don't we just have Brian come on and tell us all about it? Because apparently Cool Mini or Not hasn't just grown into this amazing thing from just a you know a website of cool minis to a great gaming thing and to having probably the most prestigious of all the painting awards painting <laughs> awards <Wow. laughs> um but you guys are now doing your own convention uh 2013 this is our our first foray into the cool mini or not expo down in atlanta georgia uh may 17th 18th and 19th oh it's right uh, around the corner is right around the corner. Uh, we were we were hem hawing about figuring out what uh, what was a good time frame, and May turned out to be the best kind of the best window. It keeps it far enough away from the big dogs like Gen Con. You know, it gives us a, a, a lot of breathing room to make sure that we've got something cool to show while we're there. And, and right. it ends up be, you know because that's always been a big thing. If you have two conventions too close to each other, one always gets kind of shadowed by the other you know you, you can't have you can't have gen con new releases and origins new right. releases because they're four weeks apart you know <laughs> right, no right. One, the two populations the, try to they tend to exactly. cannibalize each other exactly um you know and uh, you don't want it too close to the christmas season because you know everybody and the brothers start talking about holidays and things like that and so uh, may just turned out to be the best uh, the best window for us and uh, we slapped it together and was like, all right, we're going to make this happen. So we made all the phone calls and got all of our uh, got a, bu- a bunch of the the personalities from our uh, our, our various. Uh, I, I I humbly call it the Cool Money or Not family. You know, we've got all these little companies that we distribute and produce for. Um, so like Mike McVeigh is going to come out. Um, he's coming out as one of our special guests, uh, Ted Terranova, the, uh, the guy who created Rivet Wars, um, you know, a bunch of painters, Jen Haley, uh, James Wappel, oh, wow. uh, yeah, they're, they're coming out they're going to do some seminars and stuff too, of course, but primarily it's, it's more like a, a meet and greet more than anything. Um, and I think the big, uh, the big pull for this is that if, as far as conventions go, um, we're only asking twenty five bucks for the three days. That's a steal. Yeah, um, uh, twenty five dollar entry fee for the three days. Fifteen dollars a day if you just want to like come in for one day. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, and then, but for the first two hundred people that pre reg, uh, we've got a hundred dollar swag bag set aside for them. So, Dang. yeah, it's it, it's it, this is our inaugural effort. You know, this is our our. Uh, you know, coming out of the coming out of the gate strong. It's also going to be probably one of the first places for a lot of people to see. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're well aware that Zombie Side did amazing in Kickstarter. Um, the Zombie Side too. That was a sick amount of support. It it, 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 it funded it is, in under two minutes. Yeah, jeez, and it went uh, like uh, like. Thousands of percent over. What's the draw? Why, what made it so successful? Zombie Side's a great game. Is it? I've never played it. Oh, I have it. We'll play it sometime. <laughs> Zombie Side's a great game, and the guys out at Guillotine Games, and you know, frankly, pat ourselves on the back at Cool Mini. We uh, we've got the Kickstarter idea down to a science as far as like what what the fans really are looking for. How to how to use it as an actual marketing tool instead of just. Uh, 
you know, hey, give us free money. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people, a lot of the people out there are, um, they're not backing it because they know they're going to get this really cool game. They're backing it because they know that before that Kickstarter effort is done, there's going to be a lot of really, really neat stuff that they're not that people are not going to be able to get anywhere else uh, to help augment their game. And I have it on good authority that at the uh, CMON Expo, you're going to get to see a lot of that cool stuff firsthand. And for a lot of people, it's going to be the first time they get to see it. So I'm uh, nice. I'm nice little preview I'm, opportunity there. Yeah, That's I'm awesome. ecstatic to see what some of the because uh, I, I mean I know some of the some of the high dollar Kickstarter backers for you know several of our different uh, our different campaigns I think are that we're going to see a couple of those guys coming out just because they want to meet you know uh, you know Mike you know from Sedition Wars and uh, uh, you know Ted from Rivet Wars there's a lot of wars <laughs> um, yeah you know, I think that uh, I think that it's going to be you know not only is it going to be just a lot of fun to have everybody in one place you know we do you know other than like Gen Con most of us don't ever get together all in one place at one time. There's almost always at least a handful of people that are back at the warehouse or too far away to fly in for that particular convention or or, or something. Um, and everybody's coming out for this, so this will be almost like a little Kumani or not family reunion for. Uh, for some of us, I see. Is Cool Me Near Not? Is that uh, is it headquartered in any one particular area in, in Atlanta? Uh, or? Our main is just outside of Atlanta in Alpharetta, Georgia, um, is where the main headquarters is. Uh, and there's a handful of us that work abroad, um, but the primary primary staff uh, are based there in Alpharetta. Okay, so it's it's home more or less. Yeah, which okay. is which is making it the easiest thing because honestly the only other big convention that happens down in Atlanta is well known as Dragon Dragon Con yeah um but Dragon Con is so much more of a, a of a of a like a subculture media con you know a lot of cosplay a lot of anime a lot of right. comic books the gaming is is definitely secondary in, at Dragon Con I mean it's it's, it's probably more online gaming if anything also, yeah, I mean, yeah. no, it's still there. I mean, you can still go to DragonCon and, and get your gaming fix, but it's that's not what it's all about. Right. This is the first real big, I mean, as far as like devoted gaming con that we've that that we know in the uh, Atlanta area. Very cool. Well, tell us a little bit about the expo itself. Uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, off the air about um, it covering not only the hobby aspect but also some gaming as well. Um, well, the, uh, the, the main gaming draw that I know that, uh, we are excited to run is there's gonna be all kinds of demos going on of, of our various products. Um, yeah, several of the demos, you know, this is gonna be the first place that people, uh, some people are gonna get a chance to actually play Rivet Wars on the official Rivet Wars boards. Uh-huh. Um, oh, so nice. that'll, that, yeah, that'll be pretty cool. Um, but we're, uh, we're also, of course, gonna hold a, uh, a Dark Age, um, a Dark Age March Immortality qualifier for the 2013 season. Nice, cool. So that'll be that'll be neat. And, you know, dark, for obvious reasons, Dark Age is real big in the Atlanta area, so there should be a lot of people that come out for that to uh, to throw down, so to speak. Very cool. Um, of course, there's going to be you know free ga- open gaming tables and things like that for you know if somebody picks up a copy of you know Super Dungeon Explorer and wants to go kill some monsters, they're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a blast, and I'm excited. You know, for on multiple different levels, 
but uh, you know, one one in particular is because it's a, a lower a lower key convention than Gen Con. Mm-hmm. You know, the last convention I had a chance to actually you know sit and talk to uh, to Mike uh, McVeigh was last year's Gen Con, and we had all of about maybe three minutes to do so. Uh, you know, so we haven't really sat down and and, and just kind of. BS, you know, from the uh, uh, about the old privateer days and such, and uh, you know, it's always it's always good to be able to actually sit down and and get a face to face with with somebody. And you know, like I was doing the math today, I was talking to him about super secret sedition war stuff, and uh, it occurred to me that you know we were talking via emails back and forth, and I was like, you know, I'll, I'm just going to see you in May. Why don't we you know schedule a meeting and sit down and chat? And he, you know, he was like, you know, that makes absolute, you know, that, that that's fantastic. So, you know, it's it's going to be nice just to uh, to get a chance to sit down and chat with him. And you know, I I don't know whether or not Allie's coming out to his wife, um, but you know, she's amazing, and I hope that she I hope that she comes out too. I uh, I would love to, uh, to to get to hang out with the family McVeigh for a little while. Nice. Does this mean that? Uh attendees at the expo, will they be able to talk to Mike and, and yourself and oh, yeah. other people in that same capacity, like a more relaxed Absolutely. conversational way? Absolutely. Um, Mike's unbelievably approachable anyway for being such a... For I don't being believe such, it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> for being such a such an industry great, you know, he's been around for 20 years and, you know, Games Workshop, Privateer Press, now Studio McVeigh. You know, he's, he's an amazing, amazing person, but he's also just a guy, you know, like he was running demo tables two years ago at Gen Con for Sedition Wars. Hmm. And what was funny is the number of people that would d- get their demo from him and then walk away. And I remember one of my friends, this is actually before I was with the, with, with before I was with Simon is I, uh, I, I walked up and you know, I was chatting him up cause you know, again, talking from, uh, uh, from privateer days and we left and the person I was with ma- made this, this, you know, grandiose statement. They're like, wow, you know, there's a British guy doing, uh, uh, doing demos at Gen Con. That's awesome. And I was like, well, yeah, you're doing demos. That's his game. And, uh, and they're like, what do you mean? I was like, that's, that's, that's Mike McVeigh. And they had no idea because oh, wow. he, he, well, he just doesn't come off that way. Right. You know, he's, he's, he's kind of awesome. And- yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. And and uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to get a chance to just kind of kick back and uh, kick back and chat and you know ha- maybe have a spot of tea. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so I mean this sounds like a really so if people want to get some information on this, Brian, where do they go? Uh, the uh, www.cmonexpo.com. Excellent. Um, and that'll take you straight to the uh, straight to the website. Obviously, you can go to the coolmanierknot.com website, and there's links to it and such. Um, but it's it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. And right now, I know we uh, we have a deal with the hotel for uh, basically you give them our name, and they'll they'll cut you a, uh, cut you a rate on the uh, the rooms and such. And like I said, the first 200 people who register um, get a fantastic swag bag uh, that's basically four times the amount of money that you spend. I can only imagine. I mean, yeah, swag I bag from Cool Me or not? That's got to be just a treasure chest of stuff. Exactly. Well, it's, I mean, it's we we have a pretty prolific uh, uh, warehouse. No doubt. And, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the things that get thrown in there are going to be. We just basically ask 
<laughs> we asked somebody, hey, can we can we take stuff out of the warehouse and throw these in there? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm very very excited. Um, and then of course coming off of the heels, uh, you know, just after the uh, after Adepticon, mm-hmm. after after the Crystal Brush, um, it means that we we of course we are holding a Crystal Brush qualifier at the expo. Mm-hmm. Um, except it's going to be for the 2014 finals, oh, as the as the, the 2013 finals are happening next week. Yeah. Speaking of which, that's a wonderful transition into that. Um, Chris and I will be at Adepticon uh, next week. I know you'll be there. Oh yeah. And uh, hopefully, we'll get a ch- uh, chance to chat. Because I know you were saying even at like how at Gen Con you only got to talk, dude. I saw you at Gen Con, and I I've known you. I've known you for a long time, and I I think. <laughs> I mean, we waved at each other and we said hi, and literally, I think I talked to you for less than ninety seconds. It's it was crazy. And every time I walked back, you were like surrounded by people doing all sorts of stuff. I'm like, that boy's busy. I'm gonna have to well, come he's back working. Later. Yep, working yeah, hard. This, man. <laughs> working for a living. This year, this year, I'll be a little more laid back. Um, the uh, uh, the the taking over the role of the uh, completely as the editor in chief of Ravage US. Um, that is now my primary, uh, my pr- primary job at, at Cool Mini. That's, that's my gig now is the magazine and making the magazine happen. And so there'll be a lot more of me running around and probably trying to sign people on to do, you know, advertising and get uh, more, in, uh, more, more stuff in our, uh, in our magazine, uh, which by the way, issue seven should be coming back to the warehouse now. So we're going to de- definitely have copies at, uh, at Adapticon for sale. Excellent. Um, but it's the new and improved. I have done well enough with the magazine. I'm patting myself on the back. I don't even care. Your listeners can, your listeners can be like, this guy's full of himself. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm, pat- I'm, <laughs> I'm patting myself on the back. We are doing well enough with the magazine now that we, uh, expanded it by a full 16 pages. Um, nice. Yeah, we uh, we added 16 pages of content, uh, keeping it at the same price. I might add. Oh, ha <laughs> Nice. Um, so, if someone wants to get your magazine, where do they go? Uh, Simon, just go to the just to the the Kumani or not. Now we also go through ACD and Alliance regular distribution chains. Um, although, if your local game store does enough Kumani or not products like Zombie Side or Sed Wars or your Sedition Wars, I should say. Um, Sled Wars must be uh, industry talk. Yeah. It's it, it's no, it's lazy Brian. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's 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 simply lazy Brian. Um, but the uh, uh, you know if you've got a local store that that does a decent amount of cool mini product or stuff that we that we pedal, have them give us a shout. You know, sales at uh, at cmon dot com. Uh, we do our own distribution direct too, and we'll cut stores deals if they buy from us in chunk. So it's oh nice, yeah. Like, uh, and of course, you know, if we can get people get the magazine into into more stores, that's uh, that's good all around. And I am happy to say that we are on the cusp. We're we've got rid of most of the, or finished all the preliminary stuff to not only have a subscription service for the magazine. Wow. Like an actual get it sent to your house directly. Um, but we are on the horizon of doing a digital and iTunes uh, an iTunes digital version. Oh, nice. That's cool. So people can download it on their iPad and 
Exactly. Exactly. View it and be all interactive and, and shiny. Very nice. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that that's gonna go. That's gonna go golden very very soon. Um, but we, you know, again, it's a whole new, whole new avenue. <laughs> I have never really gotten into the how to do a digital publishing, and definitely not with iTunes and stuff. So we're we're, we're going through a, a, another company, and how they're helping us out, and we're doing a lot of the legwork. But you know, a lot of this legwork is like running a three legged race. I have no clue what I'm doing half the time. Well, I think you know, as long as the content is good, you can rely on that that third party to kind of tidy it up and make it di- you know, iPad friendly, then um, having good content is, is key. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. Well, and that's what we're, that's what we're shooting for. You know, it's, uh, we've got new, new stuff. The more, you know, the first couple of issues of the U S version of the magazine, you know, a lot of people noticed that there was some, uh, just basically translated, translated articles from the French magazine. We kind of were sort of, we were, you know, our first like two issues were more or less kind of splinter issues. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and as after I took over as the uh, as the editor, um, I've been doing everything day to day, making sure that I can get more companies involved with giving us you know unique and uh, unique and new stuff, basically right. things you know, where they haven't seen it anywhere. And, and more importantly, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know the ma- the reason why the magazine works the way it does is that, you know, it's not no quarter. No quarter focuses on privateer press. You know, it's not white dwarf. White dwarf focuses on games workshop. It's not war games illustrated. War games illustrated focuses on flames of war and historical stuff. You know, there is no printed publication that I can think of that covers all the third party stuff. And specifically, I don't turn anybody away. If someone if someone comes to me and is like you know I've got this miniatures game or this this painting style that I want to that I want to do an article for or whatever there's there's a there's a, a piece for it you know as long as it's uh, as long as it's done at quality and I want it in the pages you know like you know somebody has <laughs> somebody has you know go for bowling the miniatures game and it's terrible then no I'm probably not going to want it to take up space in the magazine but you know. I get all kinds of really, really cool submissions for um uh, from games that I didn't even know existed, and so you that's a unique position to be in where you see a game taken from kind of initial an initial pitch to you know it it starts to pick up some momentum and, and hit the big yeah, time, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and obviously you know we've got some fan favorites that you know every I get emails every week for more zombie side stuff and more more sedition <laughs> stuff and. Yeah, the, we, we, we get emails constantly of, you know, I want more scenarios for X-Wing, the X-Wing miniatures game. You know, and, and Anton over at Fantasy Flight, he's very amenable to creating these scenarios for me so they're actually official. Um, and so that's, that, that's the, the key behind the magazine as far as I'm concerned is I don't want anybody to feel yeah, you know, I want. I want. If you if you're a miniatures gamer or a hobbyist of some kind, you pick up a copy of the magazine, and there will be something in there that will be worth the seven bucks you paid for it. The magazine. I mean, I, I've seen it, and I've, I've read a couple issues, and the magazine is great. I mean, even honestly, the ones you said that were translations from the French, they were still good issues. I mean, the, 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 yeah. the magazine has gone from strength to strength. I'm not t- taking away what you've done. You've made it into a better magazine, uh, at least on these shores. You know, by by you know. Making uh, making a lot more original content, 
but it's it's it is it's a it's a fantastic magazine. It really you're doing a fantastic job with it. Well, I appreciate the uh, the the sentiment. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to the digital copy because now that I got that iPad from work and I can't really do any work on it. <laughs> I will maximize it. Honest to God, all I use it for is to read my digital white dwarf and to watch Doctor Who on Netflix on my lunch break. So, ah, uh, technology. I mean, basically, once I get once you guys go digital, I'll have something else to read. What, on you're, that not, thing. You, you're not playing Angry Birds on that. Thing? I don't play oh, Angry Birds. What a waste. Jesus, uh, you should. Angry Birds is awesome. It is yes, quite fun. and go for bowling. Right? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what, uh, Brian? Uh, can you stick with us? I need. To, I still want to talk about. Um, uh, the Crystal Brush, but uh, we're going to take a time as a tyrant. We need to take a quick break. Yeah, sure. And, no problem. Uh, use, use the facilities and things like that, and then uh, be right back. All right. Oh, all right. Awesome. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Welcome back to the garage, you tools. Okay, Brian, you're still with us? I am. Excellente. So, Crystal Brush, the frighteningly uh, immense uh, painting, uh, hobby painting, model, miniature painting uh, contest that Cool Mini or Not is running. There was probably the most poorly worded uh, <laughs> a, a description of it I could have come up no with. No words could do it justice. It, you it, did a great job. Because you were just too flabbergasted. I, yeah. it, awesome. it, it, I had all these great words in my head, and it just came like, a big, big contest, not surprise, yay! You're like Chris Farley. I know. Remember that big painting <laughs> competition? Down by the river! <laughs> but, that was awesome. Uh, how many years have you... Is this, this is the third year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the, the third year running. Third year running. And Brian, in what capacity did you work with the that crystal brush in the past? Were you an actual judge or did you run the whole thing or No. Uh last year actually He put up uh, the prize money. Funny yeah, for, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. No. <laughs> um for, uh, funny story, I actually um had just hired on with Cool Mini to do trailer voiceovers and done and do uh you know some writing for Dark Age and things like that last year, right before Adepticon. So this is almost like my one year anniversary with them. Um and at the show, the first day of the show was when um I was instructed 
uh, to this, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a gamer. I, I, don't, I wear shorts a lot if the weather's nice. And I, uh, we were setting up, <laughs> okay. we, were, we were setting up the, don't laugh. Uh, we, we were setting up the booth and my boss looks at me and goes, um, do you have, uh, do you have pants? And I'm like, um, like on? No, I've got shorts on. You're like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, because on Sunday you're going to be giving away, you know, $13,000 <sighs> in prize money. Um, so, Go buy a pair of pants. <laughs> oh, I think there's a JC Penny across the parking lot from the hotel, right? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Is I, I I went across the street and bought a pair, bought a pair of jeans that didn't look half bad on me. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, so that was that was kind of my introduction to Crystal Brush. Other than you know getting uh, you know get, getting getting the models checked in and making sure that the uh, uh, the pictures are done and, and whatnot. You know, that's, that was, I was a facilitator up until that point. And that was when I was informed that, well, you know, you're also going to be doing the award ceremony. And so here you go, go buy pants. Now, how, how exactly does it like, are there different categories? Are there multiple oh, yeah. prizes? So we'll walk people through this who, who don't really, who've heard of it, but don't know exactly what, what you do. And, and, and Brian, do it from the, the, with the frame of mind that both David and I will be entering in pieces to this year's competition. Yes. Not with any also, real hope of winning, but just for fun. I think it's going to be fun to here's, do that. Uh, here's what I tell everybody, and, and, and one of my very, very close friends has been kicking himself all year, is there's all kinds of different categories. There's you know best sci-fi single, best uh, squad, best large vehicle, best uh, historic. I mean, it's it's the Oscars of painting. Is there, you know, is like, there a prize for best model submitted by a guy named Whitech? Because I think I, can, I might win that category. That, Maybe <laughs> I, I, think, I think Harris you know, got you beat. Thing, if if you were one of the diamond level sponsors, you could create your own category if you wanted to, and you could, in fact, um, you know, you could have a garage hammer be a diamond level sponsor and have the best, uh, best, best model submitted by a Wyjack, and then we would just have to have Harrison submit something. Right. To, yeah. yeah, you guys would do that too. You totally, Chris, you would totally sneak a model in there from Harrison just so I would lose. I know you would do that. You'd show up at the house, Harrison, give me something. Give me, give me your worst painted model, just so we can be. Well, that way, there's some competition. It'll still beat your dad, and that way, you be ashamed. <laughs> but every every category has their own um, uh, their their own uh, prizes as far as uh, the trophies go. We've got three you know three levels of trophies, and they're the, the beautiful lead crystal, you know, bronze, silver, gold uh, trophies for these categories. And the thing is, is that I had a buddy last year that has been kicking himself all year, you know, because one of the categories, I don't remember which one it was, um, but he, there was only one entrant in the wow. category. That, it was, it was a, it was an obscure, like, you know, uh, an off brand, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, he would have walked away with a crystal brush trophy. Oh, no. sucks. oh no, man. There, there is no question. And he and he didn't because he was like you know uh, I'm not good enough I'm not good enough and it's like first off your stuff is good and second off it wouldn't have mattered you know like you you could have had something that was primer covered in wash and you would have walked away with something Jeez. wow because that particular category was very light now that is not to say that there are not going to be categories that will have 150 submissions I mean that's that's just how it is. You know, we'll have we'll have crazy amounts of stuff for the best sci-fi, the best single, and the best like vehicle and squad. 
But, you know, the, uh, the, the best weird miniature, you know, the, uh, Malifaux, Papa Ors, you know, things like that, that's always pretty, uh, pretty close, you know, 10, 15 submissions. Um, you know, best Dark Age model will have, uh, will have a handful of submissions in there as hopefully more from, you know, this last year of good model releases and such. Um, but the, uh, you know, there's one particular, uh, category that I'm really, really interested in. Uh, the guys out of, the guys out of Blue Table Painting were our, uh, other than the, the Kumanir, or not family sponsors, like the guys who, you know, we just have to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. The Blue Table Painting were the first outside, um, diamond level sponsor. Basically, they came, they came forward to us, uh, just after last year's Adepticon and, and was like, we really want to be involved with this. And they got involved early on, and part of the benefit of being a diamond level sponsor, being a top notch sponsor of Crystal Brush, is you get to create your own category. Okay, so could you define diamond level sponsor? You've mentioned it a few times, and I- uh, there are three levels of sponsorship for the uh, for Crystal Brush that a company, uh, or I suppose an individual, if they really had the the fundage, um, can donate money to the uh, uh, the the Crystal Brush effort. Um, there's uh, uh, ruby, emerald, and diamond. Diamond being top notch. Okay, and there are there are various. Uh, I, I don't want to get into it too much over the air. There are various benefits, uh, business business side sure. benefits, things. Um, but the the primary reason why anyone goes diamond is because they get to create their own category for the the next year's finals. So does Blue Table Painting have a have their own category? Their own category this year uh, that they're doing is they're calling it the Painted Blue category. And it is for models that are predominantly painted in shades of blue. Ooh. Interesting. And I am very I eager no to see. Uh, exactly. I'm very eager to see, you know, is it just going to end up being like a, a parade of ultramarines or is it going <laughs> to be like someone's going to, uh, uh, some, so, you know, so <laughs> someone's going to uh, break the mold and do like one of the night models, Superman, or, you know, like I, I want to see, I want to see what people come up with. So that can um, range from anything from a, a unit down to uh, a vehicle or a single miniature. Absolutely, that's that's going to be completely based off of the, uh, the 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 judging for the paint at blue is going to be primarily done by the uh, uh, the guys at Blue Table that are coming out. Can a model be submitted into multiple categories? No. Okay, I was just wondering, like if I had my ice golem from uh, Malifaux and it's primarily blue, I can't submit it as for weird and for painted blue. Correct. Okay. One, one, one cat. You can submit fifty things so long as you do one per uh, one per category. Okay. Is there any advice, Brian, that you could give to two uh, crystal brush newbies here in terms of uh, entering models? I, I'm a little af- intimidated, but to be honest, don't, uh, don't be afraid to enter anything. Um, having some kind of fancy basing on it, uh, whether it's uh, uh, whether it's a you know, sculpted diorama base or anything like that is helpful. Hmm. It's like I, I know that it uh, it it's not part of the model, but it does draw the eye to well, it. They, they say presentation is everything, so I, I suppose Pres- that would apply. Presentation is good, but also we are pretty strict on when it says two point five centimeters across for a wooden ba- a wooden plinth. Mm-hmm. Don't do three. Don't try and don't try and uh, sneak one past because there's enough entrance collectively that we can't 
we can't fudge it because uh, you know uh, where where does that line get drawn for the guy who creates the revolving clockwork right. thing? Yeah, I mean, like because that because that'll happen. Um, you know, if you want to make something big and grandiose, you make the plinth normal, and then you build something on top of the plinth that is larger that your dude is standing on. You know, almost like mushroom it if you can. I see. Interesting. Yeah, you you make do do something larger larger with the model itself, not just making a larger base with a bigger footprint. Um, the uh, the other thing is is that uh, because the way the crystal brushes uh, is judged, fifty percent of the judging is done by a professional painter. This year, it's Roman Lapotte. Um, uh, people know him from. Uh, he just just did an art book very recently on uh, on the Indiegogo. Um, he's amazing. <laughs> it's really what it comes down to. Um, but he he's going to do fifty percent of the judge the judge points come from him and his ju- his judgment alone, uh, barring the special categories and stuff. Um, the other fifty percent of the judging actually comes from online. Uh, oh, wow. From Saturday at. Uh, Saturday at noon to is it eight o'clock the next morning? I think midnight. There's, I've got the windows. It's on the website. The window of the window of judging. We basically open up a special gallery on the Culminator Art website for people to do peer judging specifically for Crystal Brush. So anyone nationwide could log in over that weekend. Oh, oh, worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. So. The stuff me and Chris order is going to be up there on on the website, or not order. The stuff that we enter is going to be on the website for the Absolutely. world to see and Absolutely. judge. Without, wow. without a doubt, and because it is set up, um, because it's set up in its own special gallery, um, we've got very very good protective measures against uh, IP fraud. You're not going to see anybody with automated spamming. Um, you can't really go and like find your you can't really find your model and then like email all your friends and be like oh my god vote for my dude because it's part of a particular slideshow. Oh, okay. um, it's it's very, very you know for obvious reasons sure. uh, you know ten thousand obvious reasons uh, we can't really just let it be squashed by the internet otherwise it, we, we would end up having to take away the peer judging and that's kind of the benefit behind Crystal Brush is you know cool you're not as a company, we sort of owe our success to the people who devoted so many hours clicking through tens of thousands of miniatures on our website. You know, we wouldn't be where we were if it wasn't for, for that aspect of things. So discount discounting that sort of fan power by allowing uh, uh, you know electronic cheating and, and yeah, hacking and course. such. That'd be a huge disservice. Yeah, it would. It would just be. It'd be bad all around. So, so um, when I sign on, though, so I sign on, and there's a category, and it starts slide showing it. Do I have to go? Do I just look through everyone and pick the one I like the best, or do you rate it, them like they? It, it, it'll be basically written software wise the same way that uh, the same the same way that it does when you do the Kumani or not regular gallery. Uh, you rate everything one through ten. You you. Give it, give, give things a claim, its own thing, and it's a, uh, it's based on a, uh, it's based on a percentage of votes versus vo- votes versus looks, and uh, people smarter than me on the back end um, tabulate that data. Yes, yeah. yes, that is that is above my pay grade. 
So I mere, I merely get to open the envelope. <laughs> so would we as as contestants would we be able to like would it be on the site would we be able to see what people rated it or would we find out or is that just it's just I, up there? I mean, I, I think because uh, that's the most post- daunting thing I see. I see people put this stuff up there and people are like, "That's an eight point five. They'll praise you or nice. they'll bash you. And yeah. it's like, but I look at stuff that that doesn't get a ten, and I'm like, "Wow, that's like light years." But I'd be like, <laughs> but people have the 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 courage to put it up, you know, right. even if it's not, uh, you know, golden demon caliber or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they still put it up. It's, well, I think that's one way to, to improve is to let yourself be open to. Well, and that's, and that's the other thing is that if you're assigned on Kumani or not forum member, like you're actually a part of that, the, 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 the gallery, like mm-hmm. I don't want to say team, but like part of the family, people can also leave comments on your, on your models. And that's one of the things that, I know occasionally you get some jerk on there that'll be like, where your stuff sucks. Right. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know, I know that Jen Haley's on there. I know that, you know, Marika, she looks at a lot of stuff on there. You will be surprised that you might actually get the occasional bit of advice from somebody that, as far as you know, is just some random electronic person. But it's, it might be a five or $750 model painter that's giving you that advice. It's worth it's worth sifting through the occasional man. You suck. Mm-hmm. Vampire counts for the win. You know, like you, you might be able to sift through that. Hey, Sounds like David <laughs> to to get to to get to that one person that says, you know, don't shade with ivory, shade with gray, and you just get you know this like little this little you know, little tidbit of information. You're like, oh, okay, well, that's strange. But that's like like a, and, like a real legit pro tip. Ex- exactly. I don't know it though. Yeah, and you just you just may not realize it, um, or it might just be somebody who does a lot of painting and they've done ten thousand skeletons before, and they're like, you know, here's cheater tip number one. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you take the bad with the good, but well, wait uh, a minute, where's the tip? I've I painted a hundred skeletons. Give me, where's my <laughs> cheater tip? You're supposed to be giving the cheater tip, dude. Here, I need the tips. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I should put something up on Cool Mini just to see how bad I get raided. You know, I I did put something up uh, some years back, back in the uh, called the Arms days. Uh-huh. Brian, I'm sure you remember those days. I do. I, I put up um, some models on there, and uh, I found the reviews. You know, they were honest and fair. I, I didn't get blasted or anything. So cool. You know, and generally speaking, the uh, you know we get spam reports for of. of you know, reported posts and stuff, you know, cause there's friendly people out there that'll be like, yeah, this guy's telling everybody that his stuff sucks because it's an ogre. You know, <sighs> like I hate, I hate ogres. This sucks. And it's like, no, but it's a beautiful model. Shut up. You know, yeah. Like I'll tell you what, it, I was having trouble figuring out how the hell to paint my black or my grave guard. And I was like, Chris, what do I do? And he's like, I don't know. Try this. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if that. And you sent me, you're like, Hey, look, I found these three picks on cool mini. That's my the, go-to source for inspiration. Guys, and he's like, these guys did some... And I looked at him and I said, wait a minute. That's that's the look. Now, mine don't look like that guy's. That guy's... Were, it's okay to be inspired by it, though. But yeah, I was like, wait Absolutely. a minute. I can do that. Like, I can do that basic concept, take it and run it with mine. And mine look way different than the ones you said. Here's how you bring it full circle. You got inspiration from the Cool Mini or Not site. Now that you're done, post them on there and see what people say. Yeah. Ah... And see idea. if see if you either get the same kinds of uh, the same kinds of comments, or um, if you've got a before and after. If you're if you're internet savvy, uh, do a do like some of your first black nights, and then in that same photo, put like 
one of your newer Black Knights and be like, this is how far I've come. How do you think I can get, get further? Ooh, That's a good idea. Cool. Ooh, so this is this is this is kind of exciting. It is kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, he's tell. I, I mean, while Brian's been talking, I'm thinking, well, I could probably submit this one too, and this model too, and this model too. And there's actually one model I really want to submit, and I realized that the damn uh, spear tip snapped off, and I never found it to fix. So I'm uh-huh. like, oh, I can't submit a broken tip. <laughs> I'll get it chewed up, but uh, glue something something on there and repair it. Yeah, and we have we have about a week, so yeah, so. But uh, that's really almost, great advice because I never realized you could do all that stuff. Well, I won't be there till Friday. My, that's what I said. Almost exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a little static. Yeah, I was. I did not hear you there. So, but um, yeah. So we we bring them in there. What it's you said you, you can submit them on Friday morning and then early Saturday morning, right? Uh, noon to I want to say noon to six on Friday, and then Saturday it's like eight a.m. to. 8 a.m. to noon, I think, on Saturday. And then you're going to have all the cases up with all of them in there, and then, oh, yeah. and like, like for anyone who wasn't at Adepticon, it was really cool because yeah, it was a it nice, was a, very lit, well lit display. It case. was yeah, it was right near yeah. where you go to check in. There's this huge open sort of sitting area. They got the little waterfally thing going there, right. and then there's this huge display case with all these beautiful models yeah, and in a it. Photo shoot going on, and, while the yeah, and at they're the same just time. literally yeah. pulling each model out of the case, putting it next to its number, and taking shots and snaps of it. And I was like, "Oh, this is really cool." That's why I tricked Luke. I was looking at Luke was looking. I'm like, "Oh, that one." He's like, "Oh, I like that one." I'm like, "Really, guy? That one's mine." He's like, "You did that?" <laughs> I, was, I no, I'm lying to you. <laughs> you you but, but now this year will be the case. Yeah, Terrorgeist. There you go. Terrorgeist going in. I'm a little ashamed of it now that I realize that it's going in there. It's amazing. Your, ter- your Terrorgeist is green, though, isn't it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what was that about? Is there a Does rule? Does that put him on the inside track? Or is that a no, no, I just couldn't I couldn't remember whether or not you were green or blue. And I was going to say, oh, you could totally do it in the painted blue category. No, I totally huh. don't. I mean, this whole army's theme is green. I don't have a blue army. That's... Uh... Well, you've got a week to wash it in blue, so yeah. do it. <laughs> no. There you go. No, nah, seriously. If that tip of the mor- if that thing on the mortise engine hadn't broken off, I might have entered that too because that's actually that's probably one of my best painted models. Yeah, you can repair it. So you just got a little. I got some time. Got to get it done. Glue a tip on there, and you're all set. Yep. Oh boy. So. All right, cats. Yeah, Brian. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us all this cool info. And so, I just I didn't like I, I look at cool mini, but I'm more of a. I'm more of an internet creeper than a yeah than a than a than a well you know I do I I go on other forums and I belong to almost I think I signed into almost every one of the different Warhammer army specific forums mm-hmm. I've only ever posted at Bugman's and like twice I just I read I look I don't have much to say well this is your chance to jump in the fray like, I didn't realize you, you could get, get all that cool stuff at Cool Mini or not I just look at the stuff at Cool Mini and think that guy only got an eight screw it I'm not posting anything of mine <laughs> you know but. <laughs> But no, that's that's some really cool stuff. I'm I'm actually very excited now to to for this. This is something I I was sort of you kind of I was Chris talked me into submitting yeah, it. I'm like, wow, you've nothing to lose. It, yeah. I think it'll be fun. Just the experience of going through it and yeah, kind of the uh, the, 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 the only thing it, the only thing that costs you is a little bit of time and some time away from your model. Yep, there you go. And since I'm not taking it in my list <laughs> to the tournament, I might as well hand it in. <laughs> for the thing, so Brian, thank you so much for coming on. And I, I will always jaw on with you guys. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love hearing myself talk. So, <laughs> and we love having you. So, I mean, honestly, as you as you certainly fully well know, and next time you got your next expansion coming out or your next big 
book coming out or anything like that, uh, let us know because uh, we'd love to have you on to talk about it. I know I heard actually I heard you on uh, Deployment Zone talking about oh, yeah. and I got to admit I was like, hey, that's my friend. <laughs> I was a little jealous. I was like. <laughs> Hey, we had him on to talk about that. Hey. But, uh, you know, Brian Steele's too big to be held into just one fantasy yes, gaming no. podcast. He's I can, I, can, I can only be hammered into so many shapes. <laughs> <laughs> he belongs to the world now, not just he's not just our friend. Right, right. So, Mr. Famous Brian Steele, uh, we'll see you in about seven or eight days, man. In about a week. Awesome. All right. Take it easy. Thanks we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you guys. Right, bye. And, folks, um, you know what? We're just going to take a quick little break here and then come back with, uh, well, heck, with news and rumors and stuff brought to you by the Circuit City Circuit. So we'll be right back. Killing word. Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the Jerk Store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play. Welcome back to the Garage, you tools. Chris, you did Vortex coming at you from Garage Hammer. Yeah, buddy. So what is the deal? News and rumors. What have you heard? Well, we've been hearing a lot. Um, I think the most interesting thing is all the timelines that are starting to come out on the forums when, you know, we haven't been getting a real word of what book's coming out when or you hear this is definitely coming out and then they throw a different mm-hmm. book at you. And um, this seems to be a pretty uh, airtight release schedule from GW in the near future. And it seems to be a monthly. I mean, the thing we've been talking about for the last couple of years on the show, we need a, you know, we need stuff to come out at a quicker pace. This is taking too long. Well, they've ponied up and done that. Absolutely. It looks like you're going to get your book finally in about three weeks or yeah, two weeks. The high elves. So you saw the picture. I'm sure everyone has of the those Phoenix models. Yeah. What did you think of those? I thought they looked really cool. Now, I don't see them. I mean, they looked really big, too. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where I looked at and said, that can't possibly be a unit. Like, uh, no, I, I, I think they're single-ridden monsters. Uh, yeah, and they're uh, just a bunch of them in the picture. Right. Yeah. That's how I took but, it, too. I mean, they looked pretty cool. I wasn't expecting the ice one, the blue I ice one. I wasn't either. I just... 
I got excited. I'm like, you know what? I wasn't expecting that, but it works in the fluff. It works as far as the, sure. the story seems to go. Um, and I, once again, GW is coming out of left field with something, a, a new model that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it in, in the in the flesh, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, same here. I, I think I have to reserve judgment. Uh, the picture didn't sweep me off my feet, but that's not to say that the model won't be a success. So I'm waiting to see it in person as you are. But yeah, rumors are certainly uh, running rampant. But before we go into high elf rumors, let's uh, talk about uh, what else is upcoming for GW. So after the pending high elf release... The rumors say that uh, June will be Eldar, who need an update. Uh, and then, so you've got your elves, and then you got your space, space elves. elves. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, and then Apocalypse is supposed to get a facelift in uh, July, and then August, in the hot month, the cold-blooded lizards coming back. That'll be interesting to see. Oh, I can't wait for that. I, they're gonna get they're gonna get balanced out. So I'm I'm very excited to see what lizard men do. After lizards in September, we're looking at uh, black box release. Yeah, so which, that's something. Well, a surprise. You know, I'm still with many people hoping that this is going to be the year that they put out the um, the Blood Bowl box. Is that a rumor? Yeah, the Blood Bowl with that would be with, with I, up to four teams in it. They're going to have plastic teams maybe, in it. I, I suppose anything's it's, possible. It's it is. I mean, it's like their one specialist game that is going strong. Like there's a strong community for it. Hell, it's got more video games than, you know, most of their other IP. Sure. Yeah. You know, and they just keep putting out new editions of it and it's the, fa- the fans want it. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a guaranteed money maker. It's like the so just put it out. Want. Yeah. Um then of course in October it looks like we might get Space Marines. More? Well, Vanilla Marines. You know, the it, that's like the Orc Codex. You're always going to update that. You know, it's just like you're going to update Orcs and Goblins. But they just did update. Dark Angels. Anyway, no, that's but, 40K yeah, but, stuff. But this is straight up just plain Space Marines, not a specific chapter. Oh, okay. This is Space Marines if you want to play anything you want to play. Gotcha. So that's, you know. So, so to bring it back to fantasy, after Space Marines, it's... Possibly Dwarfs. Ooh. I'm, I'm, what do you think about that, David Whitehack? Well, new I, dwarves. I think if new dwarves come out, I'll be playing my dwarves again, mm. uh, which means I'll probably be stripping and repainting most of my units because now that I know how to paint, uh, they're going to deserve a better paint job than and they've got. Them, yeah. Everyone except my rangers because I did it in that camouflage, hmm. which actually... Oh, yeah, I remember that for core comp. Yeah, that actually looked good. So, uh, And then in December, the new Hobbit movie comes out. So, of course, we get more Hobbit models, the more Hobbit models and stuff like that. And then actually January possibly would be Tyranids, hmm. which, I mean, that's that's a pretty stocked list. That's I mean, a, yeah, a lot of the major GW lines are getting re-released there. You look in the next six months, there's, uh, wait, one, two, three, four, five. Or now, and during the next like seven months, you're looking at five game releases, uh, and then three, um, you know, other game things. You got your Black Box, mm-hmm. Apocalypse, and The Hobbit. So there's only three months out of the out of this year that there would be a non 40k or fantasy release. So that's exciting times. Yeah. Very exciting. So my, my pocketbook's crying. Yeah, no, no kidding. I won't be collecting all the armies, but. 
Dan- especially high elves and dwarves, because you know I got I'm gonna have to oh, pick sure, up Harrison sure. some models. Well, all you need to do is uh, win uh, the top prize at Crystal Brush, and then you can afford all this stuff. Oh sure, when my Terror guys wins me yeah, the ten grand, yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah, turn yeah. around and yeah. I'm, I'm gonna just don't forget us little people when you win that prize. Well, when I win the prize, what I'll do is I will I will buy Harrison all the new high elf stuff he needs, and then I will ship them all off to. A custom painting service, so the boy doesn't have uh, to paint his army because he's not looking forward to that. So that's, yeah. Because when I win ten grand, my wife won't confiscate it. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> really, I won. I won the amazing seven thousand five hundred dollar prize, honey. Right. Here, she'll take it. Here's a hundred bucks. Go to the grocery store. Get me this, <laughs> that, and the other. So, do you want to talk about high altitude? Might as well. Let's do it, man. Okay. You mean this is. This is your army. I mean, you have two armies you play. Right. And this, this is, yeah. And I mean, I know you've been rocking the Orcs and Goblins for quite a bit lately, mm-hmm. but I'm fairly certain that come next month, you'll be back onto the... Uh, we'll see. I, you know, I really want to read that book and see um, what they do with the army. Is it playable? A lot of uh, it will depend on the models. Don't tell me you're going to read that book and just decide, oh, it's not as good. I don't even want to give it a shot. It's possible. It's possible. I will be disappointed if you don't at least try them I'll out. I'll try it. But how are we going to do a legitimate review of high elves if our damn high I... elf player has decided, <laughs> ah, screw it. But I'm, I'm not just saying, play it. I'm just saying it's possible that if the book is not to my liking or and or if the models are not, I see maybe I won't play. But I, I I will definitely play some games with them before I make that judgment. I'm Chris Hugh. I read the book and I can just tell by reading it, not for not me. Not for me. Well, I mean, we'll see. I'm um, just teasing you. I'm just giving you grief. It's what I do. I know it is, and you do it well. <laughs> um, um, Monstrous Cav, you know, there's a lot of debate on whether these are going to actually happen in the form of a dragon, which I hope, I sincerely hope it does. If if they do come back, David Whitech, as Monstrous, Cra- Monstrous Cav dragons, then I'm totally in. Aha. Uh-huh. If they don't... And you must be serious, because you use my full name. Yes. <laughs> but if they don't, David Whitech, then I'm not so sure. Really, this whole new book hinges on Dude, Dragon Cavern. The reason I got into fantasy and high elves in particular was to use dragon models. You this is way back at the start of six. I could put it on the table until it gets iron blasted off. Well, I can't help it that you got all these whack players out who are just taking the filth. <laughs> Don't tell me you can't take a dragon. <laughs> but it's the environment we play in. Hey, I took a coven throne, and I got made fun of by Ben Curry when he was on our show. <laughs> And then I got made fun of last freaking week on his show. DC review. Yeah, hey, let's talk about the cover, though. No, go listen to Garage Harry. We want to talk about that crap. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> I'm going to be on another show pretty soon getting mocked probably for the same well, damn yeah. thing. Well, it's, <laughs> but I want to use it, and I want it to be effective. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I think it would be cool, too. And I hope they look good because it's going to be hard to take dragons and turn them into something. I mean, even a monstrous calf base. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last dragon they had on a on a regular little monster base was that uh, wood elf chariot base. Oh well, yeah, the fifty fifty. Yeah, was the wood elf uh, the wood forest dragon, dragon yeah. which is like one of those serpent shaped dragon, the right, real skinny right, ones. Yeah. And I just I'd, I'd like it to hold up to something like that. I mean, the high elf dragon is still. I mean, play it or not, that is an awesome model. That's the that's the shame of it all. You never see it. What's the point of having a gorgeous model, beautifully painted? If you never, see, even if you do see it, you only see it for a couple of rounds before it's gone. I take it against the VC, dude. You totally could. I have no I, shooting I in that matchup. Yes, but in general, yeah, there's a lot out there. Ah, uh, be brave. Take it to one of these. Th- take it to Packa. 
Yeah, that's yeah, where you I take could. it. I somewhere could. like that, or you know where? Like, actually, you probably couldn't fit it in at uh, um, Invasion, Invasion Kenosha. Kenosha. Because that's, uh, a, that's a totally... That's a, maybe. Yeah. It's a 2,000-pointer. Oh, that's right. It is 2,000 yeah. this year. You might be able to squeeze it maybe, in. Maybe, yeah. I mean, okay, this come from me. Don't take my advice. Because <laughs> take whatever you like. Just come hang out with me at the bottom table. <laughs> no, I mean, for we campaign play. <laughs> for campaign play or whatever, you know, yeah. that'd be fine. But yeah. uh, a lot of I find a lot of my hobbying and stuff and, and gaming is pr- in preparation for tournaments. So, yeah, well, you go to a lot more tournaments uh, than I do too, so that's probably part of it. Yeah, uh, there's the rumors of a new high mage of Hoeth. I liked this rumor, and so did Harrison. So, tell us what's that rumor that you heard? Well, okay, I heard it from you, so why don't you tell it so <laughs> I don't screw it up? Well, the rumor is that this is a mage that has access to all of these signature spells from all eight book lores. Now, what do you have to now? I mean, was there any details on that? Because Harrison asked me, does he just get eight spells that he knows? Or does he have to roll them up? My understanding is he gets all eight. But that's all he's got. He's got eight signature spells, no other choices. Correct. I would take that in a heartbeat. I would, too. It's a a toolbox. (laughs) You could do it in multiple situations. And that's a great fluff choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, they know all all this magic. Supposedly, yeah. And think about it. You get Fireball. You get, like, Miasma. Miasma. You get all of these, all these things that we all oh, just default buff, to this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're all great. Yeah, I would take that in a heartbeat. Searing Doom or the the Searing, which which one is that? Yeah, the, I'm, uh, the metal one. Right. My yeah. only my only uh, curiosity is what would the um, lore attribute for that be? Would it be the lore attribute for that spell's lore when you use it, or only time will tell? I don't know. But I, that that one fascinates me. Like I heard about that, and I'm like, I want to see how that plays out and how that works on the table. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That that right there made me want to take Harrison's High Elves away from him and be like, I'm yeah. going to play these for a while. <laughs> that sounds cool. So the next one, you know, the ever cream, ever queen, the ever cream, ever cream. Ever cream? Is that you put that on <laughs> if you got hemorrhoids? <laughs> Back on topic. <laughs> I'm not going to let my verbal slip uh, derail us. Ever Queen and the Maiden Guard should make a return. Once again, going back into the old books. Yes, I I would love to see them come back. I'm undecided. I, I you know what? Because they're 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 an important part of the high elf fluff. Sure. So I don't know how they would play. I I wasn't playing this game when they were available. They yeah, same with me. They were available in supplements like the the Warhammer Compendium and right. these sorts of things. But no one actually ever used them. Right. But now they but could make it back into the book. Based on the last few books, though, I mean, if yeah. they put it in, there's going to be some. I mean, it's probably not going to suck. I mean, and it would just be nice. To see, it will be nice to see. The, my thing is, um, how will those models look? Because GW typically, when it comes to sculpting female models, they just uh, they look they a little don't thick, look right? Yeah, they're a little manly. Yeah, but you know what? That also, the last time they were making all these new female sculpts, mm-hmm. they were all still doing all metals, a lot of it, sure. and a lot of that stuff. I mean, look at the recent female sculpts. Look at the vampire, uh, the female yeah, vampire. Yeah, those are much better. I mean, even the, I know the Banshee is, I mean, but. The female orc. Yeah, I mean, the female orc. What <laughs> the hell? Stop me. I was like, yeah, the what? Um, no, but I mean, think that that lady on the Carmine Dragon, I know that's Forge World. Sure, but that's still. Yeah. But even, I mean, like I said, the Banshee, I mean, it it's not all thick and chunky. It looks 
more effeminate. Mm-hmm. I think when you look at like the Bretonian damsel on the they look on like female bodybuilder. Yeah, like, right? Hi, my name's Alice. <laughs> I own. Pay no mind to my Adam's apple. I run known securities. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, what? But uh, that uh, <laughs> so <laughs> okay, that's gonna be it. That's my new character, Alice. <laughs> I'm Alice of the Warhammer world. <laughs> <laughs> Five o'clock shadow and everything. Yeah. But uh, so I'm hoping with the new sculpt, you'll get to see something that looks good. Because even the witch elves, for being as a, as an effeminate of a model as you're mm-hmm. going to get, I mean, as female a model, they're a little thick too. They are. Well, yeah, they're also dated. So to yeah. your point, I mean, but yeah, they got the arms. They got like you know, el- you know, that goes back to when everyone had power fists for hands, right, you know, right, and stuff right. like that. But it's they, they've moved away from that. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you have an issue with painting female models as part of your army? No. Is that a I question? Mean, I, I mean, I, don't, I, I, I guess <laughs> no? the question is why would you even – I don't know where, where the question's coming from. Like the only female models I've ever really had to paint was when I started painting the wood elves and there were female wood elves in it. Right. But they look pretty much just like the male elves except their their chest is a little lumpier. I mean, you know, basically right, right, right. same armor, same everything. I, I've had that conversation a long time ago, a buddy of mine, when we first started playing this game. You know, he we, we were talking about Maiden Card, and he asked me, you're not actually going to buy female models and paint them, are you? I, I thought, well, why not? What's Did wrong with Did he say why not? I think it's it's a machismo thing. Like, oh, I would uh, never no. paint women and no, women I, I, in my army. I thought you were asking if it made me embarrassed to sit around and paint, because a lot of time you get these women who look like they're out of a comic book and they're naked. Oh, the anatomy. No, um, you know, it, maybe it could be that. I don't know. You know I, I, I'm not quite sure why he asked that question. I didn't bother to ask him, because it was just... My only hold-off, even with like when, with like when the, some of the dark elf stuff, is when you've got the naked breasts. Is the I anatomy. Do, I still have sure. small children. Right. And I mean, Harrison's like 12, and I know he knows what a breast is and all this stuff like right. that, but just... Painting naked, like I, I remember seeing some really cool, cool mini models that I could have used as alternates for other sculpts, but those women were butt naked, like right. they're wearing boots, and that's it. And I'm like, oh boy, yeah, you look, don't want to open that door. There's complete, and I know Mrs. Whitek, and I don't know why I call her that on the show. I, I'm used to saying that with my students. Right? Heather taking one look at me, said, "What are you painting? Oh look." <laughs> You're painting the female genitalia. Right. You, it's a great job. Now let, we need to have a conversation. I hear you. You know, I, <laughs> well, I, I mean, being high elves, they're not going to be naked, clad as such. Right. No, I would have no problem with it. In fact, that I think that's an opportunity to paint something that would be could look could look striking on the table. Know? Yeah. So we'll see. Plus, even I mean, I know that they all wear like the I don't, they're not skirts, but like the, the the robes and the cloaks and right. stuff like the, that. The, the tunics men, and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. The, the female ones would I mean I would think would be almost like a. See, I'm thinking comparing like Elrond to Galadriel. Like the actual material is different, the right, color scheme is right. different. It give you an opportunity for something different to paint. So I have no problem. Did you ever see it. Red Sonia? Yeah, it'd be like the the I don't know, I forget with those warriors guarding that chalice or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I'm dating myself. Um, the next rumor is Silverhelms as core, which would be amazing. There's a, suddenly a reason to take them because you can go with that all cav. Well, they armor used to be again. core. Yeah, they used to. I know. Yeah. It, fielding all cav armies back then was awesome. Fielding an all cav army is still awesome. It's not as viable, you know, because of the lower model count going up against big hordes and going right, things like step that. Fast and whatnot. But um, dude, that is it. It still looks good on the table. It's still fun. And I have and, so many just painted, just sitting there, not doing anything. Right. Nobody's using them now. Um, See, Martial Prowess is the new rule. So ASF reportedly is going away, 
but they're going to gain martial prowess, which is um, units can attack in an extra rank. Now, the Spearmen already have that. If that goes army-wide... That's uh, pretty good. I mean, it's it's their attempt to get you to get more models. I guess, how big is it? Well, let's say... A normal if you unit, take, uh, you're getting an extra five attacks. Let's take your unit of White Lions. I, I typically feel them 21, so seven times three. Okay. They normally get their 14... Plus one, so fifteen attacked with the champion. Now they'd be getting twenty-two. Yeah. So, well, I mean, if, if yeah, I guess if you go seven wide, which was the old almost standard, you know, because you right. want to get those extra corner Maximize attacks. Maximize attacks. Yeah. So now you can still do that. I mean, it's it's good, but it's not overpowered. I guess right. that's what I'm saying. From the rumors, it doesn't seem like it's over the top. That's the thing, though. Some people have always have seen, and I know you've seen this too. Oh, I'm so happy ASF is going away. It was so broken. Really? I was listening to... Uh, <laughs> Where? Uh, Not around like here. John Gashik's podcast, um, Unstable, Unstable Dice. Yeah. And he was talking to the guy who ran uh, A Gathering of Might, mm-hmm. and there were like seven high elf players there, and there was a lot of... I mean, there was a, a big percentage of the place high elf, and he's like... Any Where reason? was this? I think A Gathering of Might's in the UK. Okay. And it was, he was talking about it on the show, and he's like, well, you know, they're, and he, and he actually, the guy actually said, you know, high elves are kind of filth. And he goes, you know, because they've got that always strikes first. They've got all these just lots of blocks of, of sword masters and, white, and the white lions, and they could dish out so much damage. And I'm like, and I'm not disagreeing with the guy. I it's think, a solid army. I think it's a solid army. I, I wouldn't so go, go so far as to say it's filth. It's not an army. Well, I mean, you could play it that way, I guess he's saying, but... Um, you know, there's places it's great, and there's places it's got weaknesses. I mean, I know there's people around here, oh, high elves, high elves are the worst army on the list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people go to extremes, and they either think high elves are absolute filth, and I'm not saying that guy from A Gathering of Might did, mm. um, but I've heard people say it. Oh, my God. Like you said, so yeah. that they're so broken. Really? Then why aren't they winning tournaments? Because I don't see them winning. I haven't seen them. Yeah, they're, they, they're rare, a rare appearance at tournaments, period. Right, you know, you know so I mean, they're not winning. If they if they were that good, they'd be a big chunk of the tournament scene, and they're just no doubt. not nearly as much. Uh, in fact, that always strikes first. It's, it just seems so important to an army that has th- toughness three and very little armor. Right. I well, mean, the you, thing is, yeah, you're going to kill a bunch of guys a lot. You're going to kill a lot, but there's going to be the units are so big nowadays that it doesn't matter. Right. You know, goblins are going to strike back at you and do a lot of damage. With toughness three and very yeah. little armor, exactly. Save. Yeah. And it's like, and if you don't get those licks in first, you might not, especially because you're a little expensive and you're elite and right. you don't get. But I mean, this isn't a high elf review, but like I said, I, I, I'm kind of surprised to see. I'm wondering, I mean, martial prowess doesn't seem like enough to counterbalance losing speed of a Syrian. Well, they may adjust the points, so, you know, yeah. models may get cheaper, who knows. There may be something in the high off lore that uh, grants always strikes first, so then you would get the reroll coupled with the martial prowess. Speed of a Syrian becomes uh, maybe a spell from the lore. Right. So almost like uh, the Van Hells, you, get a, you mm-hmm. can get the unit or a bubble right. to give them speed of a Syrian. Yeah. So if you need an extra combat, you know, bursts. Ooh, maybe we just called it here. Dude, books maybe we did. People yeah. are like, oh, look, they called it. Speed of Garage Hammer. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Archer units supposedly get uh, magical bows. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. That would be that would hurt your ethereals big time. I don't take them that much anyway because everybody's always, I mean, everyone's so freaked out by them that, I mean. Those are great. I mean, we'll talk about your VC list uh, in a later part of the show, but I think you, those ethereals are great because in the right matchup, they're gold. 
Yeah, well, I mean, when they work, they're great. Otherwise, yeah. I just got to keep them in the back and hide and go grab objectives at the end right. with them because there's well, just... Adepticon is rife with objectives. Yeah, terrain wise, so. so they're perfect for that. Uh, Swordmasters sounds like they're getting their old parry save versus shooting back again. Do you remember this? No, no. So I think this is like this is previous to when I played, maybe fifth edition or something. It, if they got shot at with missile weapons, they used to have this, you know, a parry save with their sword, yeah, like to, a Jedi to, to cut the arrow off you oh, know, before it hits them. Nice. So that should be interesting. Um, then there's rumors about a whole bunch of different models, new shadow warriors, um, the monstrous calf, of course, flying chariots. Oh, there's a rumor possibly of an altar. That could represent two different elven gods, I guess, similar to the um, what is that? Uh, the cauldron, the dark elf cauldron. Oh, okay. So we'll see. I, you know, I, I just saw that rumor surface. Who knows if, if it's true or not? So we'll sounds see. interesting, though. Yeah, I'm definitely excited, though. I'm looking forward to everything that the new hives have to offer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that's a that's a book I'm really looking forward to, partially because Harrison's already got an army, mm. partially because I know you you and him both like to play it so much, and it might be nice to have something, a little new life into it. Right. Um, you know, it's always nice to see some new life breathed into a new book, changing Absolutely, up the meta, yeah, yeah. bringing out some new cool stuff to see on the across the table. So. Yep. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Why don't, uh, why don't we take a, another quick break, and then we will come back with the... Uh, Box, which is brought to you by Hey folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. Dot com and seriously guys you'll be glad you did and we're back Garage hammer coming at you, coming at you at the speed of something going fast. fast. Yeah, we're going. We've gone plaid. <laughs> so uh, toolbox. Oh, you know what? I wanted to say real quick uh, that last, you know, the news and rumors segment as as is brought to you by Circle, Circle City, City Circuit. Circuit, and Jeff is going to be at Adepticon. So yes, I'm going to have the equipment there, and so hopefully Jeff is going to be able. He said if he's still sober, he'll give us the recap. <laughs> He'll chat with us and give us the recap of all the stuff on the circuit, and we'll talk about next year's circuit as well. Even if not sober, just as good. I'll bring him on. I don't care. Yeah. I can edit. I could. Uh, that cuckoo's ready to go any time of the day or night. <laughs> so, 
All right, the toolbox. Chris, what you been reading? Uh, I finished book three, Galaxy in Flames. Yes. And uh, very good. It ended very awesome. That was a good read. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, so I'm I'm starting book four, Flight of the Eisenstein. But yep. of course, with Adepticon, that's kind of taking a back seat. But uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying the series so far. Yeah, it's really it's got its peaks and its valleys. But yeah. it's, there's the valleys don't go too deep. I understand what you're saying about the second book, though. I'm like I said, I'm rereading it for the next episode because I guess this is a good time to plug it uh, yeah. after Eleanor, yep. which is our other podcast, and uh, we did just release episode one, Horus Rising. Yeah. Which went longer than we expected. Might have gotten a little more into the plot details than we wanted. But I've gotten a couple of good responses. Uh, one in particular, actually, I got more than one person saying that they had listened to the audiobook. Mm-hmm. But the audiobook that uh, they put out, they've only put out abridged versions of the first couple of books, which is why I don't own them yet. Right. Because I won't buy abridged books. Right, yeah. Apparently, they're going to go back eventually and do them all as full length. Huh. But uh, he's like, I only listen to the abridged. He's like, and listen to your show. He's like, I didn't realize how much I had actually missed. Oh, that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. So, uh, but we'll be doing that. But yeah, Flight of the Eisenstein might be my favorite book in the whole series. I'm Not looking that forward it's downhill to it. from there, but. Okay. But I, I have to agree with you. The second book, there's just a couple of things that happened that I have to agree were like, it slowed down a little bit and yeah. it got weird. Like it just, it got a little strange, like. I don't want to, you know. I'm not. Well, that's something you can dissect on yeah. uh, the After Eleanor show. So I mean, so I understand how episode. that wasn't that wasn't your favorite. Like I enjoyed it, but I think of the of the three that was the one that I was more like, okay, it I, was kind of the weak link. But you need it. Yeah, it's funny because once again, you and I are coming from the same perspective mm-hmm. of like certain characters showed up and certain thing happened in the second book that mm-hmm. I didn't know who these people were. Right. Like I didn't know their importance, and then like. 13 books later <laughs> th- then that thing is re re uh you know it's revisited from someone else's point of view and now that I know who they are I was like oh wait that's what the heck was going on I'm like oh so now that I'm reading it a second time I'm like now I'm coming at it with a more uh, informed point of view and it's like a bigger picture I'm enjoying it better right, right. but I can totally understand where you were coming the first from first time around cuz yeah. I was just like I didn't get it either it's interesting but you know it's interesting my wife was asking me <laughs> she may read that first book which I've got, I've got here somewhere for you. Um, so I think she's wondering because she makes fun of me because I never read much or, or finish the books that I start. But here I am, having read the, the first three, starting the fourth, and she's wondering why. What's why so, are you so interesting about this? Yeah. <laughs> it was so, a bet. <laughs> no, it's so I, so we'll see if she yeah. reads it. Uh, be cool. curious to get her thoughts. So how about you? Any reading on your end? Well, yeah, I finished rereading Horus Rising, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm going back into False Gods now. Um, but while I'm doing that, I'm still trying to keep going with the series. Mm-hmm. I'm on book 17, <laughs> The Outcast Dead. I'm about 15, maybe not quite 20% into the book. Okay. It's pretty good so far. I'm enjoying it. Um, there's not much to tell about it so far because I'm still getting introduced to characters. and So that's been, that's been my reading. Um, so should we talk about hobby? Because I know that's all I've been doing for the past. I've been doing a lot. Well, weeks. Yeah, and then, yeah. Then we'll hit our our light bit of other. Yeah. So what have you been doing? Well, I finished my Savage Orcs. Posted some pics of that on Twitter and on the forums. Excellent. You know, after about well, it took about eighteen months to come up with a tattoo scheme. 
That's finally on there. That white streak down the middle of their Simple. faces. Yeah. Yeah, because you're like, you you mentioned the tattoos, and I was looking on the arms, I'm looking around, and I'm like, yeah, just on the where's face. the tattoos? I just, and I, at first I didn't think of it as a tattoo, I thought of it more as like a war paint almost. That's kind of what I thought about too. That's what I Googled when I was doing research, war paint. And I mean, it it does, it looks like they stuck their finger in white paint and it some guy went, took, yeah. put, and just drew a straight line down their face. And that's really not doing what the model looks like. It's almost doing it a disservice because just to say it's just a white streak down their face, but it works. It looks so. I think taken as a whole, you know, it, yeah. the white really pops. Exactly, uh, and it, it does look savage. There's something about it that looks kind of tribal. Exactly, and I've been. It's it's weird because I've played across the table from them for months now, and I've seen them progress from just green to green and orange, right? And the bone and all the levels of bone, and it's like. This one little bit of white right in the, all of their faces, and it really does completely change the look of the model. I feel like it's complete now. Yeah. It, Finally. They're, they, it looks really great. It's it's funny how that one little simple, it's like, oh, look, just this <clears throat> little line. It's like, oh, wow. That, wow. <laughs> it's it funny. The first time I did it, I'm like, oh, man, am I going to ruin this model? Am I going to have to repaint it? You know that feeling like before you commit oh, to it? Oh, yeah. But I did the first couple, and uh, off I went. So they're done. The uh, Savage Orc archers with their bows <laughs> are done. What did you use for string on those? Because you strung the bows, which did. is one of those things that nobody ever does. And when no, you do I, it, I think okay, it's not fairly nobody. Common. No, I I don't see it too often against no. a, across the tables. I think I've seen it in the five years I've been playing. I think I've actually played against strung bows twice. Well, how can you shoot arrows otherwise? Well, you know, the a piece mo- of wood. It's just, yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Right, right. Yeah, I don't my, get all high and mighty right, now. Right. My bows are strung. How do these guys even shoot? Uh, That's not wissy wig. Don't, don't you model gunpowder? You know, yeah. You know, real gunpowder? Anyway. That's, yeah, there's you. I'm sorry. You can't shoot your bows. Why? Those bows aren't strong, wissy wig. Um, I don't see a lead ball in, in that rifle. I'm sorry. You can't shoot anything. Uh, no, my wife just has, you know, spools of thread lying around. Oh, so it literally is just thread. That's exactly what it is. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I tr- finished the Fenrisian wolves, so the goblin wolf fighters are on those, and okay. that really gives new life to those models. The old wolves, now that I look at them, they're so dated. They're very static. It looks like they're just almost looks like they're just standing there. Yeah, they're all the same. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're ready to march and they're not marching because they're on all fours. They're not even really right. running. Yeah. And then you put up those Fenrisian wolves, and you're like, damn, that thing is. Moving. The old ones almost they almost don't look like real animals. They almost look like... Um, well, because they've got that weird narrow center so that they could be fitted onto yeah. the thing, be- so they could be fit better onto yeah. the into the sculpt. And so, yeah, there's... Just doesn't look right. Well, uh, plus you went all out, too, because you had to... You redid some of the harness. You went over, added the little rings in the harness so you could have this, the stuff running through it for the chariots and... Oh, on the chariots. Yeah, 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 on, yeah, yeah. yeah you actually refitted the rigging on the chariot... To fit those wolves better, right? Which gave the whole thing a much more realistic look to the chariot. It's a little bit more dynamic, gives yeah. it some energy. So, for the purposes of our uh, painting challenge, that's about seven hundred points that I've been able to finish to this point. Nice for that army. A uh, couple of things that I'm going to try to do in the few days that we have remaining before Adepticon is um, have a nameplate for my army, which is going to be the old goblin tent that comes with. I think does it skull pass? Oh, nice. Put a little uh, crossbar on it so I have a little flag that shows the name of the army. And then the other thing is, let me tell you, let me ask you about what you think of this. So the unit of orcs that I have that are 40, 10 wide, 4 deep, there's an extra rank's worth of space in my movement tray. Okay. I'm going to create, you know, first 
40, what is it, uh, 25 mil bases that are just terrain to fill in that space. Okay. So that it looks, you know, unbroken. So you right. don't see the, uh, the, the, the tray itself. Right. That's one thing. The second thing is on select locations where I have characters in that specific file, put something to designate as their wound markers. I'm thinking arrows that I'll put in, and each time they take a wound, I'll take an arrow out of that. Oh, that could be cool. That, that could be really cool. So what do you think? Do you think it's worth the investment in time it, at this it, point? Okay, it, it, for, to get it done for Adepticon, right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. Like there's just so many other things you could probably... Well, I think that's it. I'm, I'm done. Well, you know... Those, there, those details are what I'm working on. If you've got the time and you want to, that would be cool and it would work. Um, I was... And I think it was the Horus Heresy board game where the different character models had those little markers like in front of mm-hmm. their on the front of their base. Yeah. So as they took wounds or as they, as things happened, you could remove them so you could tell uh, they were done. Okay. And that is a cool thing. Hey, look, I've got these here as I take them off. Right. I think the best example I ever saw of that which worked was um and I always forget the gentleman's name. But I played against him my first oh, year I know you're talking the steam tank. The steam tank. Yeah. And he had the ten guys on top with mm-hmm. weapons. And every time he took a wound, he took one of the guys off. And he's yeah, like, yeah, that's well, a great mechanic. He's like, and I'm like, how many wounds you got left? He goes, how many guys are on top? He goes, once all those guys are dead, there ain't nobody to drive the tank. It's, it really it's creates done. a sense of drama on that <laughs> miniature, too. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it looked so good. But uh, that's, yeah. So nice. and that, if you can do it, that if that works, that's okay. great. That that'd be cool. We'll see if uh, time allows. So that's it for my hobby. I know you've been going crazy with the hobby stuff. I have crazy with the cheese whiz. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for our hobby challenge for February, I jumped in on February and I managed to get. I did uh, forty more skeletons, which I think I. I mean, I know I've already had those done as of the last, at least the last episode. Um, but I got about two hundred and thirty points there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with with the full command, another forty skeletons, uh, and then I uh, I got all forty of my grave guard painted. Um, I went a through whole horde, a whole horde of grave guard. I got ten more in a box. I didn't actually make them have time to build them and put them together. Right, but for f- your Adepticon list, forty is what you have. I have just a couple under that. So okay. Um, I was really glad because I had two test models. Um, one with different armor and sword, and one that the uh, sk- the skirt didn't come out well. But I managed to just kind of go over and repaint the skirt, so that one is thirty nine. And number forty, I just moved her to the front. I'm like, "There's the champion." So the guy who's got the green blade oh. that I originally tried <laughs> he's and the, the black armor. Fair enough. I'm like, he's the champion. How do you know he's champion? Because he don't look like nobody else. <laughs> he's got and, a semi magical weapon. And do I want to repaint him? No. No. <laughs> so, um. Honestly, after talking to Grant about when he was painting the stuff he painted when he painted the demons for last year and how he does it so quick, and then talking to you and uh, just sort of the, the little tips and, and, and techniques and things, you know, add this here, add that there, and then I go and do it, and I can bring it back to you, and you'd be like, now add this. Just not even, you know, it's so often I go and I ask, well, how do I do this, or what should I do for this? And, you know, people don't actually know how to tell you how to do things. Right. But you just came in, and you were like, you know, I would I would add this color here or I would add this highlighter shade here and I'll give it a try and, and you're like, okay, make sure your paint's real thin so it doesn't go too and uh, boom, I tried it and it worked and it was like, it's like it's like for the first time something clicked because I've been painting these models for about four years now and you've even said in the last like, I'd say in the last five, six months. I mean, your painting has actually come quite a long ways. Yeah, I mean, I think last, I think in the last year, I mean, you know, 
reading some of the stuff in White Dwarf, going and looking up the painting guides online. I think the Mortise Engine was the first one that I did for last year at DevCon. So about 13 months ago, my painting actually went up a couple of notches, and it's like, okay, it's getting better. You know, what's interesting is you, I think, are now to the point where you'll post them on forums, but you'll also tweet your models, too. Yeah. Well, I was tweeting a lot, but now I'm actually posting it We're up on the forums. posting pictures. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know what it was? It was like, okay, the mortise engine looked good, and I should post that up on the forums. Mm-hmm. But I think where I really learned, which is a weird thing, was on my zombies, which are the ones that I didn't plan to spend a lot of time on. But trying out all the different washes and all the different – because I was like – they can look like crap. Oh, so that was like your experimentation. I just units. tried everything. Like, I had 210 of them. So I'm like, I'll do 30 this way, 40 this way, 50 this way. And then when they were done, I compared them all. Uh, and if they didn't look that great, they just moved into the middle of the unit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, but I tried everything. And so it's like, I under now I kind of get. You know, if you needed more zombies, I know an easy way for you to get them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> But uh, that really helped because uh, because my ghouls I did before the zombies and the ghouls look okay and you gave me some I, I would add this and I look at the whole army now and I was like those are the first ones I really did for the army yeah they look fine but not great and now I look at the grave guard and they're done and I am so proud of how they turned out you'll have to show me a fully ranked up uh, oh hold on one second I'll keep talking while I grab this tub right here but. Uh, so I did it. I I know the last episode I said I'd get them done about three days over over break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lie. How long did it take you? It took me up until like two days ago. So how many days is that? Um, I don't know. It was. It took me about. Well, I don't know how many days I actually got to work on it, but it took me about two weeks yeah. to do all forty. Um, part of it was, damn, you know, going in there and just getting all the little bones because I didn't prime these white. This is when I was still using gray primer. Ah, I primed these right. forever ago. So first I had to go in and get all in. the little bones on the arms and yep. paint them in with the bleached bone. And then I did all the skirts in the solid green. And uh, I did all the rust on all 40 of them. Yeah, this and looks really good. The rust really ties this unit together. Yeah. And nicely. it just I just did everything with the rust. And then I went in and bleached the faces and then did the green skirts and just like six or seven different I, I think I did seven different color levels on the skirts, starting from the base uh, Dark Angels green up to the, uh, what is it, the Goblin green with uh, added white for highlights. And it's... You should definitely post pics of this on the forum. I think I have looks, some up, but it's not, not the finished, completely yeah, finished. Yeah, that's but what I mean, the finished way. It looks I'm gonna really put them good. Up. But so this unit actually, <laughs> 40 Graveguard with great weapons and a full command is like a 510, 520 point... Hmm. So that, and then I, today, um, I have the five Vargeists for the list to paint. Yeah. And I've been hemming and hawing on these guys because I have had no idea what to do for the color scheme. There's some really cool looking Vargeists in the vampire book. Mm. Uh, some of them yeah, look like the black and red one is really cool. Mm. Doesn't fit my army though. Like they just don't match. Right. Um, I didn't want them to be. I, I want them to still have a an, a, a green sickly color because that's the color for the whole army. But all of the crypt horrors are they're very green, like they're like not dark green, but there's been a lot of green added to it. So right. the green is very striking, and uh, these are the same legs and 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 torsos. Sure. So I I was. 
I mean, basically, I, I brought them to today, and I was like, well, I'm going to paint these, and I hope this color scheme works because if it doesn't, I'm not going to kind of change it. Yeah. It's, it's what it is is what it is. And so I talked to you about it, mm-hmm. and um, you actually gave me the suggestion of I'm going to have the – I did basically I did a, a rotting flesh. I did a green base on them, a base coat. And then I did a couple layers of rotting flesh over it, which makes covered up most of the green. But then, in all the shadows where normally you'd have like a black primer and stuff, it's that dark green, the darker toned green. And then um, I did a really thin down bit of a of a light green wash over it, and it's it's it came out more green than I even expected. But it's still a nice pale green. But it's a very pale green. I think it looks good. And then you suggested, which was the best suggestion I think I've gotten for any model in anything I've done in this army. Uh, you said the complementary color because I didn't know what to do, and I, I've been, I've been afraid of doing dark colors now because so much of my army looks dark, and we've always mm-hmm. been talking so much in the past few months about getting it to pop right. and be brighter colors. And you said use the rust colors that you used for the grave guard, and it'll tie into the grave guard that way, so you don't have to worry about it being very green. You can go with the rust. So I did the scorched brown. Yeah, this is Base. on the, the membrane of the wings. On the membranes of the wings and on the hair, yeah. all the fur on them. So uh, I did a scorched brown, and then I went in very lightly and hit all the raised parts with the... Uh, I've become a huge fan of the scrag brown. Oh, okay. It's got a... It's got a there's a touch... It's a light brown with a touch of orange to it. Oh. I don't know what color it was supposed to replace, huh. but especially for the rust. That, for the rust would be perfect. For the rust, because it's got an orange bit... Uh, orange touch to it, so it's really good. Mm-hmm. I've been using that as the secondary color, and then um, I was using the uh, blazing orange, but I've actually got now the new orange, which is the um, the uh, Slayer orange. Oh yeah, that, that's what I use. And uh, oh, yeah, that's that is a good brown. much brighter. Yeah, there's the scrag brown, and uh, so I put that on there and uh, did that for the uh, sort of the extreme highlights on the edge and. This thing's great. I mean, it's just like I was, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn or pat myself on the back, but like the colors just work together. And I never would have put like green and orange together. It's a funny thing, color. It's so tricky. Um, and as a graphic designer, that's right. my area that I'm probably weakest at, to be honest. Is what picking the color, color, color for logos or for websites. Uh, that's it's so subjective, and it's hard to get the right color combinations. So. Absolutely, you know, bounce it off people that you know post pics on the forums and, and get suggestions. Well, I said this to you today off the air. Um, I, I looked at it and said I would never have put a green with a bright orange because plus bright orange just to me just screams like you know hunting clothes or construction or workers. Construction workers. Yeah. But I remember when you brought us a couple of test models for your goblins, and I was like, oh, the blue and the red. Don't stay oh, away from I remember orange. That way and you're back like, then, but yeah. I like the orange. I'm yeah. like. Well, if you like the orange, go with it. But really, orange? Like I was just like, and then you came with the finished models with your army, and I was like, damn, that looks great. Mm. Well, and thanks. It's, and it really, but it, but it stands out too. Mm. It really draws your eye, your attention. A lot of people go with purples, blues, those things. Something more subdued. And yeah. the orange is just so out there. And even on here with the with the with the less, you know, the the, but, the more muted orange, right? It still works. It's such. A, it's a great contrast. The the brown and the green. Yeah. But it's, the overall, it's still earthy. That's yeah. the thing. 
and it's so I'm just I'm pleased as punch, and I know I've got three to four more of these to do, depending on how I break my list. I'm still changing my list around in stupid because I'm dumb. Well, you could do that up until the morning of, yeah, up until first roll. So. Well, yeah. I guess up until well, you turn your list in. Yeah, but uh, so I'm I got to do at least three more. If I can do a fourth, then I'll have the option for five. But I have a list with five and a list with four of them. But it looks like they're fun to paint. They are fun to paint. There's a lot of good details, and like I, I actually went in with that light touch yeah. of the of uh, the watered down, ble- uh, rotting flesh, and just each little muscle just kind of hit a little highlighty yeah, point yeah. with it. And it's like, oh wow, this is just like That's, it's almost like paint by yeah. numbers. I'm filling it all in. Um, I will say this: if I ever do them again, I'll I'll paint those damned arms and wings before I put them on. Hard to get at for sure. Oh, wait till you see those are. That's just the one model. I'll show you later because there's the three poses, mm-hmm. and the one pose he's got an extra like s- tiny pair of vestigial little wings on his shoulders that are small and that are right up, almost right up mm-hmm. against the bigger wings. I don't know how I'm going to paint those. Like literally, if I had time, I told you yesterday, I would, I, I'd, I'd cut them off at a straight part on the arm, and then I'd have painted them and put them back on. <laughs> Because it's so close to the body. I mean, there are parts on the inside of that where I was literally just, I mean, you got to hold it, and I was just running the brush across going, I hope this looks okay because I can't get in, and there's no, well, there's no leeway. So, because uh, uh, that really made me mad. I was like, oh, I never thought about this when I was building them. These will uh, this be a right. night. You know, so, but I, I pulled that off from start to finish in about five hours. So Nice. You tear I, through them and uh, get four, three, four more painted, and yeah, you'll be and, and that'll be another two hundred and some odd points. Mm-hmm. So for my uh, for my two thousand for this year, how many points were those five? And I've got four more. Eventually, I'll just paint the other nine. Uh, yeah, four of them is one hundred and eighty-four. So I'm already at about nine. I'm almost at a thousand points. Nice for the for the hobby challenge this year. Speaking of which, folks, hobby painting challenge. Um, 2,000 points for 2013. 2,000 points for 2013. Get them painted. Paint anything you want. I don't care. Um, you know, can, can I strip my models and repaint them? Sure. Yes. Can I paint 2,000 points of uh, Mantic Kings of War Army? Yes. Can I paint 1,000 points of my one army and 1,000 points of a different army? Because in our local meta, we play 1,000-point games. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Are you painting models? Yeah. Then get to That's it. That's all you got to do. Exactly. So, um, well, good stuff. The, the hobby front, you've been, definitely been busy, and it's good to see um, your efforts finally. The one thing that's driving me nuts. Finally satisfying. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it, and thank you so much for all your help. Sure. Um, the one thing that's really driving me crazy, though, hmm. is I'm looking at this going, still got to finish the Coven Throne, which the three the three vampiruses on the Coven Throne, once we're done with Adepticon, I finally feel like I can paint them. Oh, like Look I'm, at you. yeah. I'm like, okay, I can do this now, but I got to finish the Coven Throne. I got to strip and redo uh, the ten Black Knights so that their armor matches the Graveguard. Mm-hmm. Then I've got the ten Black Knights I never painted to paint. Mm-hmm. I still got most of my character models that got to get painted. So it's like I, I've done so much. I still haven't even built my other Terror Geist. So it's like, oh, I didn't realize you had a second one. Oh yeah, I got uh-huh. two. I just never built the other one. Holding on to the cheese, huh? <laughs> yeah. But it's like I've got so much of this army painted now, like thousands and thousands of points. I've got to have almost 4,000 points painted. I've still got so much unpainted. It's almost a never-ending project. I'd like to... New yeah, techniques the, and yeah. strip this. And 
Well, I'm just going to – I, I want to get this army. I'd like to get every single model that I own for the VC done so I can feel a sense of closure. There's my there's my CDO kicking in again. OCD? I have CDO. CDO? It's like OCD, except the letters are in the right order. Alphabetical. <laughs> you have issues, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and, and and by the time I get done with this, like I said, I told Morgan this summer I'd help her paint her Empire Army. I was supposed to paint up some demons so we could actually play them and get it going. Mm-hmm. And by the time I even get half of this stuff done, I'm going to yeah. have dwarfs to paint. So I, I got to get I got to really Supposedly, get we'll see. Hopefully. Well, this summer, I'm, this summer will be nice. With the summer off in the morning, I'm going to be yeah. doing – there's going to have kid activities and paint time for me. So. Nice. Uh, but have you had any other before we go and take a – May I get some more water? Uh, a little bit of other. I've been watching uh, Game of Thrones. Now that's that's started up again. Yeah. Are, are you <laughs> watching that? I've been watching it since the beginning, brother. I really like that show. I did miss Sunday's episode. It's on the DVR waiting for me. Sure. Okay. Um, that's that that show goes from strength to strength. It I really it does. Love it. Who's your favorite character? Would you say? Uh, the um, Tyrion Lannister is my favorite character. He, yeah, he's really good. The whole dynamic between him and his dad, and his whole family. It's just it's so messed up. It is. His whole family's messed up, but the dynamic between I mean, he's like the only person in that family that I like. I mean, his dad's I kinda get his dad totally ripped him a new one. Oh, that last episode. Yeah. After all he did. Yeah. Oh, and I tell you, even at the end of last season when you thought when uh, he was in the middle of that battle, mm. I looked at my wife, I go, He dies, I'm done watching this. Really? And she's like, What? I'm like, I've lost enough characters I like from this. But that's that's what happens. That and I understand it. And I know that's what it does. But yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I draw. I've drawn the line here. <laughs> There's no father. <laughs> Got to keep Tyrion. Huh? Yeah. Mm. But I, I just that show just. I seriously goes from strength to strength. I just can't stop watching it. I did from the library finally get the 28 disc book on CD for the first book. Jeez. So I'm going to be taking a break from most podcasts except for my my utmost favorites. Uh huh. Uh, and I'm going to upload all 28 books into my computer, wow. all 28 CDs, so I can dump it into my iP- yeah. my, uh, my phone. And I'm going to start listening to it back and forth on the who, way to work. Who reads that? Is anyone of note? I, I forget the guy's name. I don't know him. But everybody says okay. he's a good reader. There's so many characters. That, I mean, it's hard to keep track on TV. I can only imagine if you're reading it. It's, you know, you almost have to chart it out. Uh, I'm, you know what? If you know, if my wife read them all, yeah. and she, she after, like right when Game of Thrones started, she liked the show. She went and just tore through all the books. Hmm. And she's like, you know what? There's a lot going on, but you know, if we're not stupid. We're right, pretty right, intelligent right. people. He's like, you can keep track of it. And if you get confused, so what? You get a little confused. Right. One character, one. When you're writing on that side of the scope, what's a character here or there? Sure, sure. You know. So yeah, I've been watching that. Um, I, I do listen to a, a podcast that focuses on the show, Cast of Kings. Oh, really? Yeah. They they talk about it. it's interesting. They have one. The guy has never read it, but is watching the show, and then the woman has read it. And we'll kind of give hints and, and oh, we'll talk about like, I was saying, but she doesn't watch the show. No, 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 but she does watch the show. But <laughs> is it accurate to the books and what did they change? So it's interesting to get that point of view cool. from, from that. So I guess they, they merge some characters or they add some new ones. Oh, yeah. Heather's yeah. told me about that. Yeah. She's like, this character actually had a brother, but really, I mean, the, the people I know who don't like the show that read the book, that's their complaint is it's been too condensed down. Mm. You know what? Here's my thing. With that, and I've I've come to learn this over over time from film school and from doing literature stuff. 
books never translate well word for word into a story because there's stuff you would never do into on stage. Movie. I mean, in a movie. Yeah. There's stuff you would never do on stage that you would do in books. Right. Go back and read the entire Council of Elrond in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And then picture if you did that entire council, all the speeches and all the stuff as a movie. Instead of, I mean, one of the things I learned in film school is show it, don't tell it. Mm. But in books, you have to tell it because you have to tell it. Right. It's a book. Yeah. It doesn't translate. And, I mean, look at, I mean, my, the best example I think is so many people have seen it or read is Harry Potter. Mm. Harry Potter cuts so much out of those books that the movies are really their own thing now. It's like, it's based on this. But it's but going it's off this way. Mm. I remember the first time I saw the first movie, I didn't like it. Like, and I wouldn't too, even they tell changed too much because for they cut so much. I was just like, I was disappointed because it wasn't what I had read so many times and loved so much. Mm. And then I went at midnight. We were all going the next day, and when I went the next day, I like I didn't tell them. I'm like, it was good. It was really good. It was cool. I didn't want to tell mm. them I was disappointed because so much was cut out. Second time I went in there, knowing okay, it's going to be cut. You just and I loved it. Because it's one of those things where you just take it for face value and the right. entertainment value exactly. Yeah. And with with the Game of Thrones for them, I mean, I actually and one last example is I own the BBC uh, version of that they did of the Narnia Chronicles. They did about okay. four of the books, and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is word for word. It is every word of dialogue in wow. that book is in there, and it's long. It's like four hours or something like that. I mean, they did it. Excuse me, broke it up into parts. Yeah. And you watch it, and it's not – it's great, and it's fun, and if you really love it, it's complete, so it's cool. So it's accurate, but not as it, entertaining? It is maybe? not nearly as entertaining as the version that they put out with the – and it's not just because of the budget and the BBC. The stuff is really kind of cheap, and right. obviously they couldn't do it all, and the line is obviously up like a, like a, like a costume. CGI. Uh-oh. No, no, it's that old. Like, it's like 70s, Uh-oh. 60s and 70s British television <laughs> stuff. It's really low budget. Um it's not even a, like I said, it's not even a real lion, but um, it's word for word, and it's great because every last bit's in there. But then you watch it, and you're like, it's it drags because when you every read last it, word is in there exactly, yeah. and when you read it, it's great because it's in your head and all this stuff's going. Right. But when you have to sit quietly and watch it, it's like too much. So yeah. I have no problem with the trim. I'm sorry, I went on a huge tangent. No, 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 no. that's that's fine. I I just. Yes, the book is better. It's always going to be. That, that that's like oh no doubt. There, there's never been a, a book to movie translation where the the movie is superior. I don't. I, I I can't think of one. I I agree with you. I can't think of one where it's been better. And I guess that's just that's that's like my whole. I don't want to hear. Well, yeah. Well, I'll, two cannons will kill it. You know. Remember we talked about right. this before. Right. Two cannons will kill anything. Yes, and the book's always better. I, I yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Let's right. move yeah. along. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, other than that, so this uh, this is a long other segment. Uh, the last thing I'll, I'll wrap with this and then hand it over to you. I did watch Zero Dark Thirty recently. You ever seen that? I have been wanting to see that so bad. Great movie, very intense. Yeah, you'll be on the edge of your seat the whole time, but it is great. You know, the, the whole thing, the CIA actions, how they tried to find Osama bin Laden and, yep. and eventually took him out. Very fascinating. What? Well, did I spoil it? I hope I didn't spoil they it. They killed him? Ah, <laughs> oh, well, no, I'm not going to oh, watch see, it. Oh, I just spoiled it for everyone. But yeah, they, they that was a very intense action movie. Yeah. No, I heard it's excellent. Yeah. I, I definitely want to see it. It's, it's another one of those things where it's like, 
I got to find time when there's no, when the kids aren't around. Sure. And honestly, at this point, I'm just I've, they, they they wear me out, man. I get exhausted. <laughs> I can't sit and watch something that's 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 getting in your head mm-hmm. for that long. Yeah. It's just too much. Um, speaking of which, mm-hmm. um, I haven't watched too many mo- new movies on television or on yeah. cable, but I did go see Evil Dead. How was that? Oh, I loved it. Were you a fan of the original? Yes. Trilogy? Yes. Okay. The original. In fact, I'm a, one of those people who I, I remember, I think it was about 12 or 13, watching the original Evil Dead. Sam Raimi with with, yeah, the, yeah. with, with some of the cheesy claymation graphic parts. <laughs> yeah. um, but I just remember being so gross and so just like... Over the top. Over the top. Oh. Well, the thing is, I remember reading an interview with Sam Raimi who said he never expected people to get grossed out and be horrified by it because he went so over the top that he expected it to gain laughs rather than horror shock but it was so gross and it really was there's so some parts were so, so it was but it was over it, it was funny though it, especially the second one i thought well, the, second well, the, the funny thing is the second one is the is the sequel that isn't a sequel it's the same thing it's a remake yeah. you know it's not a sequel it's a remake and it's it better special effects mm-hmm. funny i mean just really Hilarious. yeah third one was a little cheesy third one went a little uh, yeah you know, I mean, the, the Three Stooges effects and, like, literally right. Three Stooges sound effects, mm-hmm. um, the cheesy, you the know, split, skeletons. And- the, the split screen weird where he splits himself up where it looks so split screen. And right. Like, you know, it's obvious these guys are in front of a big picture of him mm-hmm. or with the skeleton hands coming out of the ground looking like whack-a-mole skeleton yeah, yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. And just, yeah, I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, they kind of uh, jumped the shark on that one. But uh, it was that was still a fun movie, though, because, I mean, despite the, yeah, the slapsticky stupid parts. The rest of the movie was great. The big car with the big yeah. chopper blade. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, just and the, the, the lines. Yeah. Bruce Campbell got so many great lines. The, the, in the beginning was just awesome. So how did this one compare? Because I, I did see a preview of it, and it looked amazingly freaky and intense. Oh, okay. It is more bloody, more violent, more gross. It's just like... It's 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 not any more scary because you know the story. So it follows the same premise. Um, the, they changed things in it. Okay, okay. here's what it okay. is. They didn't just remake it because it's already been made twice. Mm-hmm. You know, so they didn't just remake it. Uh, same premise. They go to the cabin. They find the book. They read from the book. Bad things. Bad happen. things happen. Um, you know. Th- the guy reading from the book this time, I mean, last time they found the book, this time, I mean, I sat there in the theater going, okay, this may be the stupidest person on the planet. Just even opening the book, the right. work he had to go through to get into that, I was, you had to be dumb to read from it. I don't want to spoil it okay. for you. All right. But um, they changed around the reason they're there. It's not just four people hanging out at a cabin. So they changed little bits. Um the ending is very different, but if you remember the original ending, Bruce Campbell walks out and then they, they like the, yeah, camera, the camera flies at him and he screams and the movie's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. So they changed that, but they kept the spirit of it and they kept certain scenes, like iconic sort of scenes from there, sure. where you, like things you expect to see. They even changed the reason they happened, okay. but they kept them in there. Okay. Like, you know, so does that mean that some elements of that movie still had a comedic element at some on some level? I find it hard to believe. No, no, no. I no. would not say it was funny on okay. any level. It was more like the first one. 
Okay. But they kept the elements of things you love to see. I mean, there's just I, – I don't want to ruin it for okay. you. I mean, there is a scene where somebody is, is cutting off their own body parts in order to try and stave off – Demonic infection. Okay. Um, if you someone remember, swallow their own eye, uh, swallow an eyeball. No, they don't do that. You know, they're still stupid people. Hey, I've been a demon and I've attacked people and killed people and now I don't look like a demon and I'm telling you I'm okay and you believe me. You know, <laughs> just you know. Gotcha. Uh, I don't want to go too much into it, but I really enjoyed it. Like, I cannot wait to go back and see it again. Well, do you think they'll make more, like a sequel? Uh, Based on oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they really did seem to all but one element in it. Like, like basically, there's they didn't leave any room for a sequel except for one thing, which and it's not one of those one things where it's like, right? But it's just you know, once again, don't want to ruin anything sure. for you. Okay, they could make more, obviously, but. I think they made it pretty complete here. It's it's good with what they did. Okay. You don't want to turn this into a franchise where people keep finding the book and right. keep opening <laughs> right. the book. I mean, even they, they made the first one, then they basically remade the first one right. with a different ending so that they could make the third one. Sure. And Sam Raimi, apparently, there's rumors that he's working on Evil Dead 4. Oh, Which, wow. if he's going to do Evil Dead 4... Like from the actual Bruce following Campbell his story series, with Bruce yeah. Campbell, uh, I'll go see that in a heartbeat. Mm. But this is its own separate thing, and it is it is gross. Yeah, the, the the one scene I remember vividly is it looks like some possessed woman like cutting her own tongue in half, I licking mean, the razor blade, the yeah. straight razor. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah, just thinking about it freaks me out. Yeah, that's the Red Banner trailer, and that's not even the worst thing in that movie. That's not even Ugh. close to the worst thing in that movie. Gives me the chills just thinking about it. Oh, it's so good. I haven't... I have and not you're seen... You're a big a, horror movie buff, yes, right? Yes. I go see them all, and I walk out disappointed with uh, about 80% of them, hmm. because it was just like, okay, that was a cool thing, but the rest of the movie was crap, or that was a cool... Like right. uh, you'll, you'll see it, and they're like, there's a good scare or two in it, yeah. and, but the rest of the movie was crap. And this, the whole time, I was just riveted. I'm like, wow. In fact, in the beginning, when I saw how they had changed, I was like, oh, really? That's why they're here? Come on. That was the one time I was like, what? And then the rest of the movie, there was I think there were two parts in the movie where I just said, well, okay, that's a little weak. Once in the beginning, once near the end, I said, okay, that's weak. The rest of it, I was just like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> this is a fun ride, man. Yeesh. I was not disappointed. Nice. All right, so we are uh, we're actually hitting close to hitting our time limit here. So let's do this. Let's break, and then when we'll come back to uh, we got to just talking about what we're kind of looking forward to at Adepticon, and you had some cool nuggets of knowledge. Sounds good. All right. folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and 
custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. BattleFoam, protecting your army. Ryan Steele, creative director of Dark Age Games and editor-in-chief of Ravage Magazine U.S., wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to CoolMiniOrNots.com and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies, whether you're adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need. heard you on the uh, Dwellers Below. Very yeah. nice work. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that was a lot of fun. Those guys are crazy. <laughs> it was. It's. It's funny. It was. It was a really it's good time. I did enjoy myself. Um, they did, and they, they. He told me after the show, James was like, "Yeah, we we, you know, we we planned this around taking you out of your comfort zone of your clean little show." <laughs> I heard them ask the question. Uh, Chris, you or Chris Barnett? I could see like your uncomfortableness was palpable. <laughs> I believe. Well, I, I I actually I don't believe what my answer is. I know exactly what my answer was, and I can't actually say well, it. Yeah, on the that's show. like asking you to choose between your mom and your dad. You know, it's yeah. just one of those. Oh, my dad. But I mean, what? <laughs> Who said that? No, my mom. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, that's just that's 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 kind that of a silly question. question. They purposely. I mean, oh, I, yeah, they I know, knew I know. there was to no way to answer spot, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, that was a that was a lot of fun. I would totally do the show again with them. They're mm. so much fun to to do a show with. So uh, good stuff. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Adepticon. Your hopes and your fears, your dreams. Okay. My hopes and fears are all summed up in the exact same thing. I hope to do better than last year because last year I was in the bottom ten out of a hundred and forty some. I think you games. will do better. Uh, dear Lord, I can almost not do worse. The only way I can do worse is Come to just last. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wasn't that much higher. Uh, last year was a nightmare. And I tell you what, it has really, I, honestly, I think it has kind of tainted my whole tournament stuff oh, for the whole past it? year. Really? Wow. Honestly, because it was miserable. Even going to our, uh, you know, the team thing, I was so worried I was going to get shellacked again. And I'm using that word a lot. Uh, but you, I was, you did pretty well. In the, I did. In the team challenge. But I think that was part of that was because I was like, I have to do well. Like, I was like, I mean, it was it was a good time, but I enjoyed it more thinking back on it than while I was doing it. While I was doing it, I was having, I was inside, I was stress, having a heart attack. Too much pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, even going to the Bits Primer, just go, uh, not the Bits Primer, the, uh, the Adepticon, Adepticon Primer. Primer. Uh, you know how stressed out I was before then. Yeah, you, I, you were quite stressed, right? I mean, it, so. it, it, it's not even. Like I guess I don't care that I win or lose. I I'm not expecting to go there right, and so win I, five I, in a row. Your record one and four. I, I, I think I was one and four, and those four. Lo- I mean, it was like one and four with one really close loss yeah. and three. Blow, I got blowouts. I got tabled three times. Jeez. Yeah, that's rough. At, at some point, you're just like, you know what? Uh, okay, I, I did. I I brought a bad list. Uh-huh. I'm doing something wrong. I just, 
I'd rather just go have some fun, and I couldn't. I was like obligated right, right. to you're, see you're this locked through. Into the tournaments. So. Well, the, this year should show better results. I think your experience this year will be much better. Let's hope. You know, and that because yeah. that's because that's my dread. And I mean, part of it is we were talking about what do you want to you know. There's certain things we want to look at and certain yeah. things we don't. And after playing against Konzi at last FederCon, mm-hmm. big high toughness monsters. Mm. I just have trouble with. Well, I think the VC Army in general has trouble with that. And I think we're going to see a lot of it, though. I have a feeling it's kind of... Uh, it's going to be high toughness and or high armor save. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. from from the lists that we've got, I mean, what, almost 150 players, and it looks like about at least 50 of them are going to be Warriors of Chaos Right, lists. so, yeah, the, the numbers that have been tweeted about, and this is just, you know, rumor again, Thirty-five percent being warriors, <laughs> so uh, fifty of those armies. Eighteen uh, percent, I'm hearing, are going to be ogres. Which I played three ogre lists last year yep. at Adepticon, and and I lost two of them really bad, and one was a very uh, minor win. It was my one win, and it was really close. Right. Um, so the other two numbers that I heard were ten percent lizardmen and two percent bretonians. So that uh, what is that? 2055 60, 65% has been accounted for. Yeah. So, you know, I figure 35 the re- remaining 35% split more or less evenly between 10 armies between though. The other armies with yeah. a little bump with probably demons and dark elves, I would expect. Yeah, you'll see it. Yeah, I'm just, and maybe VC cuz those are all pretty popular armies. Like I said, uh, you know what? It's I'm I'm not trying to be negative. I'm, you know, and I have been. The last 10 minutes I've been nothing but negative. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Well, what the what the hell are you going for then? I know that's it's well, not it's that just... I I want to go. I I want to go. I want to see friends. I want to yeah. go play games and have a good time. Um, but I just, I mean, it was like last year. Three of my five games were ogres. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got a feeling that three three to four of my games could be ogres or warriors of chaos. And I guess I just, I mean. I know when I went to bits... More than half the armies will be those. Yeah, I mean, when I went to bits, I played five games, I played four different armies. When I went to Invasion Kenosha, I mm-hmm. played three games, I played three different armies. Well, let me ask you this. So, knowing that's going to be the case, mm-hmm. you, you've played Ogres a lot, Warriors is kind of the new kid on the block. If, right. you, if you walk up to the table and see you're playing a Warriors army, how will you approach that game? What, what do you think you'd do? I've got a strategy in place, which is why I've been actually thinking about it, which is why I might adjust my list a little bit. And I, I know I said to Harrison, I'm like... I think I need to. If I, I'm making some small, minor points adjustments, mm-hmm. I'm like, I think I need to beef up my zombies just a couple more models. And I mean, maybe How many another do you have now. I've got like I've just got I've got like twenty two and one and twenty three. I've only got two units, and they're okay. just under twenty five each. Mm-hmm. Uh, and normally, I will take three units of that. You know, okay. it's another almost about a hundred points. But I've tried. I mean, I don't want to trim too much from other places. I've got a couple of hammers that so, I want to keep. Sure. So the idea on the zombies is keep them around just enough so that you can regrow them after they've been well, chopped the up thing. by a warrior. I mean, I'll start growing them turn one if I can. Uh, by the time they get into combat, if I could have 50 or 60, that's great. Oh, yeah, sure. My problem is if I have a two-dice magic phase on the first turn, mm. now what do I do with them? Because I can't afford a 20 of them against warriors. They'll kill 10 or 15 of them, and then the five will pop, and then I right. can't bring them back. You know, I mean, I can I can start another, but that's it's just easier to grow what I've got. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking a few, uh, you know, and plus I'm actually looking to the zombies to be my bit of saviors against because if I can, hey, what is that demon prince? Yeah, charge it with the zombies, kill five six of them, 
crumble six more. I'll grow them back. Just tie it up the whole game. Right. You know, if it's something that I can't if face. If you can charge it, that thing's going to be flying around and picking what it's going to be fighting. Oh, I'm certain it will. But if I can do, I mean, i got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to try and slow it down or stop it here or there and just mm-hmm. enough to, you know, if it charges something and doesn't pop it, let it, you know, if that's only got a wound or two left, throw, try to throw the zombies into it. Right. You know, um, I was talking to Alex. Cause, yep. You know, we, we talk pretty regularly about, about Adepticon, Warhammer in, in general. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about uh, your lists. You know, we were talking about <laughs> all of our lists, actually, what we would do against um, warriors, because uh-huh. we're going to likely be facing a lot of them. And I said to him, yeah, if I were David, I would deploy in such a way so that I would line up my... Uh, are you still running a, a Strigoi? No. It's a vampire lord? I got a regular vampire okay. lord. Is he a fighty lord? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I, I said to him, I, at the time, I thought it was a Strigoi, but vampire lord, either way. I said to him, I, I would deploy my fighty vampire lord with the ghouls across from a matchup that I liked and run them in and get those points and try to delay everything else, uh, you know, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And eke out a win that way. And he said to me, uh, you know, in the way that, um, in, in, in the almost preemptive way that he's thinking two steps ahead of me right way. He's like, yeah, it, that's great, but you know, he'll you'll be likely be facing a demon prince who will if I were that warrior's player would stop would fly that demon prince right in front of that your vampire lord and just hold him there all game and then chop up the rest of the VC army. Right. I thought, oh yeah, I guess like he could do that cuz a, a demon prince against a uh, fighty vampire lord I think, I think he's actually got higher initiative than me. I think they go either way. Yeah. Right? yeah. Depending on what he's armed with and yeah, what upgrades totally he has. Because he would challenge. So then all my ghouls are useless. They're just sitting Correct. there. Correct. Correct. And he's unbreakable. So. Uh-huh. Well, I have two blocks. I've got that and I've got the Graveguard block. Mm-hmm. And I know people keep saying the Graveguard block is useless because it's not as good as knights. But I run with 10 or 12 knights and then they get attacked. And they get magic, and then by and the time I gone. get across the board, I've got six. Right. And I'm spending everything I've got trying to bring back five or six knights when, you know, I, I don't have a 450-point comp mm-hmm. cap. I got uh, I got a 500-and-some-odd point unit of Graveguard that I could bring back D6 plus four every turn, and uh, I'm hoping they do well. Because, no, you know, people go, oh, you took Graveguard? Oh. So uh, maybe it'll seem like a concession. Did you, well, well, maybe I, I don't know. It still pr- hits pretty hard. I like them. And they're hitting, and they may be always strikes last, mm-hmm. but they're hitting with strength six every turn, which is they only get that the first turn with your lances if you charge with the right. knights. Are you uh, with this list? Is it something that you're going to rush to get into combat right away, or are you going to wait? Or I guess you're going to wait and try to depends on who I'm facing. I mean. Yeah. If you if you got a, if you got an army that's got any shooting, yes, I'm flying up. I sure. mean, that's the point. Um, but it, it, I mean, your list is decidedly a combat list. Yeah. But if you go up against a warrior's block or debatably ogres armies that might I'm gonna set back a little better. bit and try to pick my fights a little right. better. Right. That's and that's where I get nervous. That's where I'm still I'm still working the list. I may trim a little bit here and there to make a couple extra points to throw in one more unit because. Hmm. I keep falling back on my old reliable that, you know, I, I'm starting to think, because I know I took to bits, I took the the regrow sort of you can't kill it list, and I, stat, I sat around in the middle, ah. you know, every game was, tw- I mean, my, my biggest game, with one exception, which was at the end when I played Greg, and I actually got really lucky, and I think I won, I think it was a 14-6 with him, um, all my other games were 
twelve eight one way or the other mm. at the at the most. I had, some, I had nine elevens and twelve twelve eights, <laughs> and at Adepticon that might actually be pretty good. Now I'm thinking, yeah, but yeah. but I've moved sort of away from that. You know, mortis engines and lots of zombies list to a more fighty list, right. and now it's like, well, I keep I just keep in my head what Alex told me, which is you've just got to win by a hundred and one points. Right. You know, that's all I got to do. So true. I'm hoping this is enough where I can I can keep my points and, and take enough and take enough yeah. to 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 get a win. I don't need to take them out. I just need to win. So sure. I'm trying to keep that in mind. Interesting. What about you? Have you made any adjustments, or are you still going to shell the hell out of your opponent? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to shell the hell. Uh, haven't made any adjustments. I'm pretty comfortable with the list. You know, I know what everything is supposed to do, where it's supposed to go, so I think I'm going to keep it. There are matchups that I am fearful of. Uh, you know, ethereal heavy VC would be a pain. Um, I wonder if we're going to see a lot of that. I mean, typically I've got not. some. Typically not. It's just so many people are so they've got something for it now. Demons, warriors, I mean, yeah. Skaven. They have a lot of answers for ethereals. Yeah, there's so many answers, and it's like, yeah, these are great if they don't have that. But I mean, right? I was there's thinking so many of, ifs. I honestly was thinking of taking some or more buffs. hex rates because I love the hex rates and I love what they can do. Mm. But honestly, until they until they explain better how that ruling works for how they can run through stuff, with <laughs> you don't want to get into that. Yeah, you know, because I reform multiple times and hit everyone. You know, and uh, the, the argument the argument that people make for that working works. The argument it's people hard make to dispute against, it. The people argue and make people make against it, it, it. That works pretty much too. So, plus, like I said, I've taken them before, and a good fireball suddenly I'm out three hundred right, points, right, and right. it's like, well, but I'll tell you when I fate when I played Ed when he had the block of ten uh-huh. uh, hex raids followed by a, ten, a unit of ten blood knights. Yeah. That was really tough to deal with. Yeah. So, but you know, it is matchup dependent. Um, so that's that's one matchup. Another one is would be a Skaven toting, or a storm banner toting Skaven army. Oh, because then you got to roll for all, all your shooting shows up in smoke. Yeah. But do we see a do lot of Skaven armies? I know Brad's not bringing them, so that's one less that I that I yeah. have to potentially face. Well, no, because he's bringing warrior filth. He's right there, you go. Tons yeah. of, I got trolls and trolls and chariots. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope I don't have to play him. I like Brad. Yeah, he's got a damn. rough list. This list a rough is airtight. Yeah, it is good. But uh, other than that, uh, any scenarios that might hinder shooting, which is always possible with Alex, yeah. is something I'm fearful of, too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, I, I, don't, I, I, I always look across the table and think, oh, man, oh, man, I don't know why I've got such a negative attitude when I start playing these games. Mm-hmm. It's not like a negative attitude, but it's just like, I look across the table and I'm already okay. That could really hurt me. That could really hurt me. That could really hurt me. Is that is that what you think the first time when you walk up to a table? When I'm looking across at my army, I, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I sort of maybe it's a weird way to analyze it, but I'm looking at it like what what in that army can hurt me the worst, and what you do see, I, I think have you have to look at it uh, the other way around. What in that army can I hurt? Possibly, but I guess I would look at it and say this: these are the things that can hurt me the worst. These are the things I need to take out first. And sure, I mean, uh, you're looking I guess at the maybe matchups. I, maybe I guess I'm looking at it as a half-empty sort of, not, like you said, maybe we should look at, okay, that I can take down. This I need to take down quick. This is what I'll take it down with. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of my... Uh, that that it Actually, the sequence of events, now that I think about how I think about deployment, that's how I. That's what I do. I think, I see he has that. I can kill it with this. So make sure to line that up. Once I do all of that thinking, what can I kill? Then I look at, okay, what what is weak? 
I have to preserve these points. Where can I stick them to keep them safe? So mm-hmm. I, I think you have to centralize your plan around what can I kill, and then secondarily, I can preserve my points by not letting them have A, B, and C. Cool. Yeah, that's maybe I'll do that. I don't know. So I don't know. Anything else you're really looking? I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing people. The whole, the whole events. Yeah, friends. I really hope that by the time I get there, that there's some stuff at Forge World because I wanted to buy some Forge World stuff and I didn't get in on the deadline to order it because I'm hoping uh, they might have a maybe they might have a dwarf command left, okay, or whatever the Adepticon exclusive is when I get there Friday. I'm hoping, and I hope whoever it is that sells them damn clocks is still there this <laughs> year because huh. you know I bought Harrison that clock last year, right? Yeah, I brought it home and the the hands weren't. They, oh, the hands don't stinks. jive. They they jam. He's never been able to use it. We put oh. a, we put a battery in it. It ran for thirty minutes, and no matter the hands block up on each other. And I don't want to pop it open and be bending the hands. Right, right, right. So I'm hoping that if they're there, I'm just going to bring it back and be like, dude, I bought this last year, never got to use it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to mess with it. But I just want a different clock. Just give me a clock that works. I swear to God, just take out the te- techless picture, put it in another clock for him. It's valid. You know, I mean, I, I've it's literally been sitting on his desk for a year, uh, that's waiting a for me to go. He's got. He's like, you, you know, don't forget this when you right. go, because he really liked it, and that's it was just, you know, I mean, it, it's not. It's a clock. It's a silly clock. Yeah, but it's, it means something. But it's... he really was like so excited when it didn't work, and it's like, well, I'm not going to see these guys till next April. Just for those people that don't know, isn't it like a techless themed clock? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like a it's a basic, simple, like you know, plastic Walmart looking clock. I mean, it's just a plastic clock. It's got a colored edge with the clear face and the hands, and they just where the numbers were. They just took that off, and they have all sorts of different pictures from different games. Mm. And it's it's the classic full color picture of techless that everybody right. knows from the book, and it's just stamped out in a circle, and that's the face of the clock. Yeah. And they have everything there. They've got, I mean, they have the orcs and goblins, they have sure. dwarf ones. It's a techless clock. I mean, where else are you going to get one of those? I didn't realize uh, you mentioned Forge World. You have to pre-order stuff. You don't you have to, but obviously they can't bring everything. everything, and they only can bring limited quantities. Right. So you could go a month before. Uh, there was a deadline a, a few weeks ago of calling Forge World, calling them in England, or emailing them and saying, this is me, this is my order. So that way you guarantee. And they'd have it there waiting get, for okay. you, just so you can go pick it up. And I didn't hit that deadline. I wonder if they're going to have a, an orc idol. Oh, <laughs> you're going to get one? I might pick one up, yeah. The big rock monster? Because those are going to be legal for Invasion Kenosha. Ooh. Yeah, yeah that'll be cool. So we'll see. That thing's pretty pricey, though. So yeah. About that. Well, because, yeah, because I'm getting the Dwarf Command, because if I was getting what I wanted, mm-hmm. I'd be getting the Dwarf Command, I'd be getting Angron, and I'd be getting the, uh-huh. the Loken and yep. uh, Abaddon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Is it the, Abaddon or Abaddon? I thought it was Abaddon, but I went to dictionary.com and Liz, and you can click and it said Abaddon. So I'm going huh. with Abaddon. And apparently Greg said on the on the reading one when yeah. they read it, they called him Abaddon. Huh. And I guess Abaddon is the uh, the demon prince. There's an Abaddon demon oh, is there? prince. So that's okay. what they called him. But oh. yeah, they pronounced it Abaddon. And I didn't know that. And I also thought it was Torgadon. And they call it Torgadon on the British, on the reading it. So hmm. there you go. You learn something new every day. Yeah, that is... Uh so I've always, I've heard Abaddon Abaddon pronounced both ways. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know which way they pronounced in the book. And I then I've heard the book on CD bit. They say Abaddon, and Abaddon. that's what dictionary.com said too. So all right, that's what I'm going with. But those things are too expensive. <laughs> they are pretty pricey. Yeah, uh, but I want to use it. 
Oh, but I, I know. Do know the thing is I can also make an idol just as easily, I think. Yeah, but it's always nice to have a nice piece of Forge World stuff. Just it's mm. nice to have Forge World. We'll see. I'll and I still, I still think that's a cool model. For as simple as it is, I think there's enough little details to it that make it a cool you model. You know, the thing is, I've seen it in a person, and it's surprisingly small. Is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah everything seems bigger, though, in the pictures. I but mean, it's every... smaller than a giant. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it it seems bigger even it, in the pictures. Shorter. It's shorter, but it's it's, it's bulkier. Yeah. Uh, I tell I you, know. I saw I saw the I saw the skill cannon. Live and in person, I was like, "It's tiny." I'm like, "Yeah, it's pretty small." Well, it's especially compared to the ogre, the, the iron, iron blaster. blaster. So I just looked at that. I was like, "Oh, I thought that would be bigger too." So maybe that's just the overall impression. A lot of times you see the pictures and it looks so epic, and then you see the real monitor. Like, damn, that's tiny. <laughs> well, they are miniatures, so yep. So that's I don't know. That's that's about all I had for what I'm looking forward to. Okay, doing that stuff, and uh, I don't know. I was going to talk about how I'm looking forward to the crystal brush and the competitions, but we covered that in great detail. Yeah, so. we did. I actually, I'm looking forward to that. I am too. But I didn't uh, realize we'd be put up on Cool Mini. That's. Yeah. I may have to actually go sign up and stop creeping and actually make an account and put some of my stuff up there. There and get you go. Advice. Now that Brian said it. So you want to talk uh, some forum fun? Yeah. Why don't we do that? Uh, you've, okay. You've. Looked up this stuff and you sent me some stats and I was looking them over. Yeah. So what I did was just I don't know, just out of boredom, I suppose. <laughs> Went through all the different forums and counted how many accounts were created for each race specific forum. Okay. And of a hundred roughly one hundred twenty one thousand accounts spread over. Now, did you just look what the total like the total, total registered of, users? Okay, because yeah. I know I know. From experience from our own website mm. is that about a third of those will not be active users. They'll be more like creepers and just watchers. Sure, but so, that's okay. Okay. You know, I figure if they've registered an account at some point and it's not a spam account. This is assuming none of them are spam, spam accounts. Because okay. I'm probably on almost all of those. Sure. <laughs> but I don't. Sure. So, so here's the other thing. I think it's it may be reasonable to assume that for every repeat forum uh-huh. account... Uh, there will be a kid or a person out there who has not registered an account, so those numbers may wash. Right. Yeah, maybe. they're down there and maybe they're not. still creeping and looking at it, though. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. So uh, I found it interesting that, okay, so the high elves had, or the, sorry, the dark elves had the vast majority, the 13% of all accounts. Okay, so you, okay, wait, so you took a total accounts of all the different race-specific forums. Right. And then... Broke it down in percentages. So well, dark I, have exa- I have exact numbers and I have percentages. But okay, the Dark so Elves is the biggest. They have the biggest community at 15,000. Wow. Which I thought was surprising. That's a lot. Yeah, way more than I would have guessed. Um, who would you think guess is the smallest? I think you've seen the numbers, but do you remember? You know what? I looked at them when you sent them to me. I mm-hmm. honestly don't remember. Um, what else? Uh, what else? Let me see here. It's not Wood Elves. It's actually uh, the Tomb Kings. They have the smallest. 2,800. Oh. Wood Elves, Uh Uh-huh. 6,500. Okay. So they're pretty sizable. Uh, You have, let's see. So after the Dark Elves, then you go down to the High Elves, which is almost 12,000. Huh. A lot of elf lovers out there. I suppose. And then you're into the Dwarves. Yay. Is that Bugman's? Bugman's Brewery. Yeah. That's a cool site. 10,009. Lustria Online, ten thousand four. The War, uh, the Empire, 
10,003. Okay. Um, so that's that's an interesting grouping there. And the other ones are kind of spread throughout in the middle. The Chaos Dwarves pretty small at 3,500. Uh, the Herd Stones about 5,000. Yeah. So, so 120,684 uh, 120, total accounts. Okay. That's kind of the number that I have. A number that I have on here separately. If, I, if you had to guess, David Wytuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Privateer Press, who does War Machine Hordes. Uh-huh. If you had to guess how many accounts they had. On their forums? Yeah. Well, what number would you put out? All right. Now, this wasn't on the stuff you sent me, was it? I don't And I didn't look this cl- I didn't look that close cuz I was I don't remember that at all. Privateer Press, all of Privateer Press. I would guess I'm going to guess 21,432. Good guess, but wrong. Take your number and multiply by 3. 64,051. Oh wow. Yeah. Now that but then again, I don't even know if there are race specific or faction specific uh, They forums. do, but they're all on the same forum. So oh, all okay. of them are there. Oh, okay, so all of Privateer Press, it's right. all in that one right, spot. Right. Well, so I don't think you can have any duplicate accounts because it's the same forum, right, et cetera, right. et cetera. So it's probably a little bit more than that because you have you know younger ones. Well, I really lowballed them. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so it's interesting. So 64,000 accounts for Privateer Press, 120,000 for GW, give or take. Uh-huh. So, Well, Privateer Press also has, I mean, since Privateer Press runs that, yeah. there's a lot of, like company sponsored stuff on there too, isn't sure, there? There's right. like updates and, and yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean stuff that GW just. I mean that you're going. These from are a yeah, yeah. GW run runs are to a fan run. Exactly. They're they're truly community sites uh-huh. run for and built by the fans, like you say. Yeah, and and the fans who who are making sure to step lightly and not get a a, a season desist right, right, right. letter. Whereas the the other one is actually supported. And that's not to bag on GW, but let's face it, they're not. I mean, they shut down their Facebook account because people are going on there and, and bad mouthing sure, them, sure. which I don't blame them. You put up an account and all people do. The, uh, yeah, yeah, you don't like, want to hear that noise. Well, I'm not even saying you don't want to hear that noise, but let's say noise. let's say I'm kind of new to GW, so I go look them up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Does oh, GW yeah, want all me press. seeing all that bad, all that negativity? No. Yeah, I mean, why not. would you keep that up? Why would you personally sponsor something that tells you you suck? You know? Right. <laughs> You know, the the thing about the Privateer Press Forum is they're pretty good about leveraging that forum, about addressing rules, updates, and FAQs directly. Right. So, so that's... You'd, I mean, I would think you'd get... Just, I mean, if I played more, I'd be on that forum. Hells yes, I'd yeah, be on yeah, that I forum. Especially because it's corporate. Uh, the Weird Forum for Weird Miniatures is the same thing. They put up all sorts of updates and stuff and scenarios uh, okay. and things. You know, and so why not be a part of that? When the corp, when the company sponsors a forum, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Right. Why wouldn't you go yep. there? So that's about it. Um, some other numbers of notes. So with Adepticon coming up, we have the Warriors. I think this is right. Cha- Chamber of the Ever Chosen. I understand. I think that's the main Warriors of okay. Chaos Forum. They they have just under six thousand accounts. And ogres have just over six thousand accounts. I expect those numbers to increase, especially with sure. warriors. It's weird. Increase. It doesn't seem to have any sort of relevance or correspondence to how not really popular the armies seem to be. No, it's almost opposite. High elves are huge. Warriors, not so much. Right. It's very interesting. Carpe noctum. Your vampire counts for them. Nine thousand eight hundred fifty-five. 
undead guys running around. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a weird bit of stats because I remember you said you're like, oh, I've got these stats. We should talk about it on the air. And I looked at the I remember looking at the pie going, mm-hmm. I have no idea what to say about this because I don't see any correlation to anything. Yeah. It's just, you know, uh, other than elf players like to be on the internet. Talking about elf stuff. True, you know? true. And guys who like uh, Egyptian-themed skeleton armies, they not so much. Because you're at home busy pouring through that book going, there's got to be a way to make this work. There's got to be a right, way to make right. this work. Pulling your hair out. I got no time for the forum. I got to figure this out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Oh, uh, oh wait, maybe the... Maybe the correspondence is that Dark Elf and High Elf players are really cheeseball, and they're out there looking for net lists, and Tomb King players and uh, are all busy re- playing. They're busy playing and you just know? trying to learn it themselves. Maybe that's it. You bunch of whack players. Could be. Could be. Yeah, you know it's High Elf players. Because <laughs> yeah, you know they're overpowered. And, they are. And, and they're ASF and they're dragons. <laughs> Okay, that was pretty cool. Uh, Just a little tidbit. On that note of overpowered and ridiculous armies, um, why don't we take our last break and then come back and wrap up the show? Sounds good. Hey guys, if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model, then let me suggest Guild Painting Services. They're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commission painter, but having the quality and speed of a large studio. They build, paint, and convert miniatures for all game systems. They're competitively priced, and if you want to talk quality, go to guildpainting.com and check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out. We are back. Wow, I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's quite a show. We've covered quite a bit. Yeah, more than I think we even expected. And thanks to Brian for coming on. Yep. That was uh, the man of steel himself. Yeah, he. Uh, you know, we only uh, we originally said we you know talked for a quick quick fifteen minutes, maybe twenty minutes tops, so we doubled that, mm. which often happens when we talk to Brian. There's a lot of cool stuff. There's going a lot on, of so, to cover. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry this is late, folks. It's like I said, this show was due That's out. That's actually the- my fault. I had a sick child, which threw my schedule out of whack. But with break, with, with the holiday break and stuff, we were both busy, mm. and we got back, and we only had about five, six days to record the show, and we were both busy that whole oh, week. Yeah. Like the first half, I wasn't free, and then you're yeah. So uh, this will be out shortly. So uh, the next, the good news is the next one won't have to wait so long for. Mm-hmm. Although it might be late too, because we're going to Adepticon. We'll be recording on site at some point. We're going to try because yeah. Lord knows if we don't get some material from on site, if we don't get that done, mm. 
we're going to have to find a day after Adepticon to record something. We're going to be pretty... We're going to be beat, and we, and we can sit and recap Adepticon. Yeah. That's what we're going to have to do, but... Yeah. So I'm not downplaying what the next episode is going to be. I'm certain it'll be uh, it'll be podcasting gold, ladies and gentlemen. But there you go. it may be a little late, uh, and we're not 100 percent certain what the hell it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so with that golden promise, yeah, there we go, uh, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, May is going to st- May is starting to look like we'll. Well, we'll have some maybe some first impressions on high elves, and if not that, uh, we still haven't talked about the demon book, and yep. uh, we still got some high elf versus dwarf action that yes, needs to happen. Yes. Although, yeah, yeah, I might be trying out the high elf versus dwarf action with a new book. This is true. That could be interesting yeah, too. Is, that could be interesting. So, well, we do have a lot scheduled for the next two months, folks. So stick with us. It's going to be an exciting time coming up. Uh, we wouldn't mind, though, if you are going to stick with us, if you leave us an iTunes review, because I love reading them. Or leave us a voicemail. Leave us a voicemail at one, what is the number? 757-GH. I almost said 1-800. It's, I stopped. 757-GH show six. Um, yeah, we've got uh, all sorts of stuff up. We're going to be adding new stuff uh, on the, we're going to be getting new shirts up on the website. Oh, there's a uh, Garage Hammer Dice. Yeah, the dice will be up soon, folks. Uh, tentatively, the plan, I believe, it's going to be a buck a die. Just I'm not selling them by ten packs or five mm-hmm. packs, or but a buck a die plus the, whatever we figure plus out shipping. the cost of shipping is going to be. Uh, I promise, I, I I can't go and take everyone's package to the post office and weigh it and charge them exactly shipping. Mm-hmm. Plus, I got to buy all the envelopes. But I promise not to gouge you guys. That's all I can tell you. Uh, you know, sure you, enough, you know. I, I have no idea what people or other people are charging. I'm going to charge you what's fair enough that I'm not having to lose money on shipping. That's, right. But uh, the dice look really good. They come out great. Those guys do a really good job. I could not believe it. I swear, we sent Chessex two different pictures, one with a simpler logo because we just did not think they were going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I just sent them the logo. like, And he's like, oh, dude, don't worry about it. Just send me your logo, and and I'll work with it. And it's the funny thing. I kept talking. We have to cut it down to one color so that when they get it, and the guy's like, no, don't even bother cutting it down to one color. That's what I do for a living. Within two days, they're like, well, how's this? Nice. So um, we'll probably start taking pre-orders for them once uh, once I get the final dates when I'll be getting them. Mm Mm-hmm. That's about six to eight weeks out. six to eight weeks, yeah, out. From April 11th. Yeah. Today. So yeah. So wow. we're about six to eight yeah. weeks out. Um, but what I'll you know, once I get some final info from Chessex, we'll probably open up. I'll I'll start taking orders a little early so yeah. that when they show up, I can just start shipping them out. Sounds good. So and uh, you know, if you if you have a bunch of gaming buddies and you're just you can order in bulk, order all in one order and save on shipping because I'm just gonna put them all in bags and ship them out. So very excited about that I am too finally got those dice I'm really jazzed so uh, thanks again folks we've been rambling again but dice is dice and ours look cool there you go (laughs) (laughs) so have a good week and we'll see you back here for episode 71 we're closing in on our three year anniversary we'll see you guys at or after take it easy You've been listening to Garage Hammer.
you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.